0: Or hat on a mannequin
1: head? hmm I mean, it's not my <clears throat> specific bespoke cap, but it's a cap on what a What was the
0: name of that hat that you had, in the thing that you called it?
1: This is my sleep cap, sleep
0: hat? No. What kind of hat is it? The brand name. I don't know. You said it was a something hat.
1: Oh, it's by the company Carhartt.
0: Yeah, but, it's, but it's their what hat?
1: Uh, Knit cap, watch cap. Some people call it a beanie. I don't care for that
0: no no there was something you called it i don't remember
1: neither do Mm, you Apparently, it's kind of like i like i look look a little bit like the edge probably a little bit like dave evans is that his name dave evans Mm -hmm. no relation on an official basis i'm off the changing my skype uh avatar game but you know for you i like to you know (sniffs) i I don't demand
0: it i didn't ask for it if it went away i would be okay as long as it didn't stay on this one because i don't like i don't like that mannequin
1: no. Okay. It's the little things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what keeps your mm-hmm. relationship fresh. It's the little things. Is that what it is?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, I, hope. I hope. it's not the big things. <laughs> <laughs> Just screw them. Oh, here's a handsome man in a cap. I'll put that up See if you like that better. Here's a handsome man.
0: The, the picture of you wearing it where it looks way too tall on your head.
1: That's when it's a fresh one. When you get a fresh one, it's got kind of a peak head quality. Mm-hmm. And then as you wear it longer and you sleep in it, it gets stretched out. Now, if you sleep in it, you're not going to get as many miles on those tires because it gets super stretchy. And, it, you know, it, and, it turns. And stinky.
0: And then people eh. ask you if you live in the woods.
1: You have a lot of concerns with stink. It's, no, it's <laughs> probably my essential oils exude mm-hmm. into it. Also, it holds in my earplugs, which is nice.
0: You have to uh, you have to uh, put it on and then you take a bath in it, right? Is that how mm-hmm. it
1: works? That's right. <clears throat> you get all the way in there as hot as you can run it. and you, you, Then you uh, air dry it. Do you know how to dry blue jeans? you know how to do that? No, I was
0: talking about you getting in the bathtub in your, in your jeans. You that's know? right.
1: That's right. That's what you do. But here's what you do. Um, that's if it's, if they're brand new, you take a hot bath in them and then you emulate movement of your body. And that puts your imprimatur on
0: your uh, trousers. Mm-hmm. Is, 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 wait a second. So now in the, in the modern day, in the modern era, is your phone in your pocket when you go into the bath with them? I have just barely even... I don't...
1: Dead honest, I, I don't do anything differently with my water-resistant phone. I'm terrified. I'm still, it's in my bones. So no, no,
0: I've been. You can have like a phone blank, like a phone analog. Oh, I,
1: I'm sorry. I take your point. You know what? I should. Mm-hmm. I should do that thing like uh, do a 3D printed phone. Uh, and then when you take it out, you squeeze out all the juice, use as much as you can. And then you roll it up in two towels really tight. And that gets out a lot of water. And then you hang it in your bathroom with the dehumidifier running. All right. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You wear them and you don't wash them again for six months.
0: <laughs> that's disgusting.
1: Mm-mm. You gotta, I've worn pants every day for three to six months because that's how you break them in. Yeah. Are pants supposed to bend? Well, I mean, they should, they should yield. I mean, it's probably like you, like when you're breaking your new headphones or when you get your, you know, when you buy yourself every couple of years, you get a Mac Pro. You want to really break it in. You want to make sure the circuits are running. And all the boards are seated, and the only way to do that is to do a breaking. Did you ever break in headphones? Did you ever do that? I don't know what that would what that would mean. There used to be a thing that went around that said that if you bought like even like halfway decent headphones, you're supposed to break them in, or like there's a term for it in the uh, fake information headphone burn in. in?
0: It. Yeah, this is the one of those audiophile things
1: yeah so like and you like yours, I, I hooked him up to an iPod and I played music on him for a really long time and I
0: oh yeah I get it all right I yeah what do
1: you think that's supposed to do
0: it's just like breaking in your jeans you know you just gotta yeah. like, like let it get it flexed and loose and just stretch it all out so it's not all stiff from the factory it makes mm. a warmer sound
1: John Sir Q says you sit here today what kinds of things are important for you to break in
0: I was just thinking that when you were mentioning headphones are there other things jeans. pants
1: because okay and just for people who don't care uh i'm talking about the the jeans that i wear don't be creepy are levi's 501 you know unwashed standard blue jeans 34 32 33 32 something like that and uh and i I, you break them in that's a whole separate story are there other kinds of things in your life that need that
0: i think there's very little i think my uh, my shoes i just wear running shoes i think those are important to break in because you get the new running shoes and you certainly don't want to you know do lots of walking or running in those when they're Fresh right out of the box because you get blisters or whatever you got to break them in. So hmm. that's one item of clothing. I would say also a wallet. If I ever got a new wallet, which apparently I'm never going to do, still got the big boy. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> indestructible. It's, it's a, it's like how the, thick, the
1: how thick actually. I mean, your wallet is the stuff of myth. And I mean, there's been jokes about George Costanza, et cetera. How
0: thick is your wallet actually? I don't know. I mean, it's a trifold. So you got a lot of, you got a lot of layers of leather just with nothing in the wallet, period. You know, just take everything out of the wallet and fold it up. It's a thick wallet just like that.
1: If it were a McDonald's sandwich, what would it be? Would it be like, would it be just an English muffin? Would it be an egg muffin? Would it be like a quarter? Would it be like a a single cheeseburger?
0: It's probably less than an inch at the thickest part, but not by much. That's what I'm going to say. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I don't have it in front of me. So
1: yeah, I like to roll slender. I'm
0: trying to think of other stuff like
1: that. Uh, the, I do feel like there is stuff in life that goes through cycles. Well,
0: the, the engine, engine in your car. Okay, right? that's if you that's have an internal really...
1: combustion engine. You got to break that in. Okay, is that true? I did that with my Mazda back in the day, where they said you should only drive.
0: I don't even remember. This is 1991,
1: but it was like you're only supposed to drive so fast for so long. Isn't that you don't part want of to go?
0: It? Yeah, you don't want to go uh, high RPM. Uh, for long periods with a new engine and you don't want to go the same RPM for long periods like just a big long highway trip this is the conventional wisdom you want to you know vary vary your RPM and don't you know try to floor it and go nuts with it until it's broken
1: adding a new thing to the list here I'm going to call this taking care of things because it seems to me you are very good at taking care of things you notice this is not for mm. tonight we have other topics but yeah you know you this is a good topic <laughs> because you notice things like if the geniuses Fix your computer. You notice very small uh, abrasions. You'll notice a scratch. You'll notice a, a ding. You, you, I think you see things other people don't always see. They see them. They
0: just don't care. You saw but holes speaking... in my
1: pants from like thirty feet away. You yeah, got a, you wow. got an eagle eye.
0: <laughs> it's not an eagle eye. Like this is it. so. Especially you know when you get a hole in jeans, like the jeans are blue, but when you get a hole, like when the threads start to show, it's white, mm-hmm. right? So you just see this big white spot, and you see the outline of the phone, and you see the corner is where the little white spot is. And I still,
1: I still think about that because I was wearing what I considered my okay, nice jeans.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, they have a small
1: hole. They have the small holes. The ones I'm wearing now, I, I should send you a photo of these. These are, these are good. These are good pants. They have fully breached on the top corners of the iPhone. I mean, we've got, we got a full breach from there. There's no space pen hole because I don't roll that way anymore.
0: But anyway, we'll put that on the list. You just, you just use a pencil now, right? like the russians right yeah there's the graphite flakes would get into electronics and short circuit everything so it's a terrible idea see this is something you think about you talk a lot
1: about stink you talk a lot about oil do
0: do i talk a lot about stink is that does that come up a lot you talk
1: so much about stink you talk about oil
0: i'm not the one who's talking about wearing clothes for six months without washing them they don't stink no no of course they don't no
1: Uh, um we got a bad cooler right now Ooh, we camped over the weekend i think some milk got in it no that's not good that's no good but oil, you're you're a noticer of oils. Anyway, we'll save it for another time. We have lots to talk about this week.
0: Where's this picture of the jeans? Though? I keep waiting. Oh
1: yeah, sure. Hang on. Uh, let me see. I gotta take. Uh, I don't know how to turn my lights on. Hang on.
0: What? That's Lexa to do it. Come
1: on. <laughs> no, I do. But she'll. You know, she's just. She's gonna. Okay. Clicking. 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 Dehumidifier off. Okay. I'm gonna take a picture of my crotch for you. Mm-hmm. You can see my microphone cable.
0: I so suppose it's going to be one of those podcasts, eh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's the way it is in their family. All
0: right, let's see here. That's, that's, a, that's a joke in poor taste. Uh, I think, think back on it. Uh, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation, like a lot of that oh, movie. Oh, there's so... Not, not no, there's a lot
1: I regret. There's also, while I'm preparing this photo for you, there's also something I wasn't going to say, but I feel like I have to say it, mm-hmm. and we can move on from it. All right. Okay, so you've heard me refer to our program and talking about Barrel Week. Mm-hmm. A little bit inside baseball, there was that funny time when Roger Stone said that it was about to be, I think, John Podesta's time in the barrel. And I just thought that was such a funny remark. So that's when I say, you know, the week where
0: you make fun of me, that's barrel week. I
1: found out the origin of that term, and I'm not going to use it anymore.
0: I don't know the origin. First of all, I didn't know that reference that you were making, like the, the fact that someone else said that and you were repeating it. And second of all, I had to have no idea what the origin is.
1: Okay, good. Do you want to know?
0: Uh, it sounds like I don't.
1: Okay. I'll send you the pants. But anyway, uh, as of this week, I'm officially retiring that term because like a National Lampoon
0: joke. it be hard. It's very hard to break yourself with a habit. I'm glad I never started saying that. So now I don't have the habit to break.
1: Well, and the, I, you know how it is when you get older and you forget stuff? I had heard the joke that that comes from a long time ago. And it's a very funny, very off color joke. And I, I'd never put it together. But this is what you get for emulating Roger Stone is what I'm going to say about that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff. It's problematic, as you say. Uh you know, when uh when Joe and Dan were going back and forth about the uh our, our, our friends of the show on their uh, the Defocus podcast, you know, they they make each other watch movies and they were talking about um vacation and animal house and like hearing Joe's utter rev- he'd never seen Animal House, Joe Rosensteel. And Dan Storm was like, This is a really funny movie, you've gotta see it. And then I listened to that episode and and Joe was not having it. He was like, this is really bad and it's super offensive. And at first I was on Dan's side, right? Because like Dan, I was a Caddyshack fan too. Joe didn't like that either. As they went through this and Joe <laughs> brought up his objections, I kept going, you know what? That's terrible. That, that should not have been, <laughs> that should, that's not funny. That was funny when I was 12. That should not have been in a movie. There are bad things in that movie. I've had to like, i
0: my feelings about it a little bit. That's, that's 80s comedies for you. Or 70s, that's the case, maybe. <sighs> the, the the glow job.
1: Anyway, I, sent, I, sent, I think I sent you my
0: pants. You should have gotten it. All right. Let's see. We got some. You weren't kidding. There's some crotch. Didn't yeah. even rotate it for me. Didn't even rotate it. Nope. Yep, there's the hole. And so the, Are these are these the very same uh, no, pants? No. Those are my slightly
1: nicer jeans. These are old jeans. I didn't even show you the crotch hole. You can't see the crotch hole. You can see my Carhartt belt. But um, no, these are bad. My family, my daughter does not like for me to pick her up at things wearing these because mm-hmm. they're really, really bad.
0: That hole looks the same size as the one that you were on stage.
1: Well, it is. It's a slightly different phone. That was probably a 5S hole. This is a, mm-hmm. this is, this is probably a, this yeah, is a, five a 5S hole. hole.
0: <laughs> I like the wires draped over your laptop. you need a new handstands. name for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I, I don't even have a way to,
0: Mm. yeah just make that noise that's that's your transition
1: <laughs> what week is
0: this i don't even know bonk
1: <laughs> wait a minute this is wait aren't even numbered weeks supposed to be okay
0: you, you you gotta find a new a new catchphrase that you're yeah. retiring that old. you gotta think of something else i will
1: i will so that's my pants and mm-hmm. then I, I i drape the cable over my crotch the same way every time i record
0: all right and for luck right mm-hmm. yep throw a salt over your shoulder too.
1: cut the ends off the roast. <laughs> yep Yeah. Right before we started recording, like 15 minutes ago, you know, I don't like finding out about things. I don't like notifications and emails. I just got an email from you. It said, updated invitation with the details of this recording, which I'm pretty sure I said yes to however many weeks ago. Did you change anything about
0: that? I did not. I did not do anything to this today or in any time in the past two weeks, I think
1: does that bother you? Like it bothers me. Cause like, I didn't think anything had changed with this, but do you get any kind of minor anxiety when you get something like that and you can't figure out what it's trying to tell you?
0: Yeah. I got one at work recently. There's this big meeting thing at work coming up that people have been talking about and working towards. It's like, it was months away when this happened and, and whatever. Right. And then like, you know, it's on the calendar and sometimes it's on the calendar multiple times because like the person who's coordinating, it's a thing that like a large number of people are invited for like, entire departments right so it's you know whoever's wrangling that invitation and at a certain point several weeks after you know this is in the planning stages and people are all preparing what they're going to do a cancellation comes through like you know like you can get an, an outlook or, or exchange or whatever you can get a you can get a thing that says canceled uh blah 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 the big giant meeting and then the only button available to you is remove from calendar
1: but they didn't include a note to say like we couldn't get the room or janice isn't going to be there
0: yeah, or not room. Like this is a thing where like they're renting out a facility or whatever. And I didn't think anything. I was like, surely this isn't canceled. Hmm. And I clicked on it, and it removed something from my calendar. But there's still seven other things. So I was like, maybe they're just they're removing one of the redundant invitations or something. But but no one else said anything. And I said to people like, did you get a cancellation? Is this thing still on? They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Outlook doesn't work right on the Mac anyway. So I just toss this up to weirdness. But yeah, I don't. It does bother me when something like that comes through. Like communication through side effects right like yeah instead of communicating unintended
1: unintended non-communication because to me that's not actionable that's the wrong word for it but like when i get a, a calendar invite an invitation uh you know and i say yes like to me that's a kind of action and that's on the calendar now and as you may know that's kind of a big thing for me when it goes on the calendar but then, when it goes away, you're like, okay, well, is this because they had dupes of this and deleted the wrong one? And like, am I supposed to ask about this? And I, it's, I know I'm a snowflake, but that I get so much anxiety about trying. I'm sitting here and staring at it right now, and I can't tell what changed.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think anything changed. I think it's just some weird hiccup.
1: You'd be surprised, um, or not, how many uh, notes we get from listeners on Back to Work about how differently people in a team at a company use not just meetings as a institution, but how differently they handle things like in- invites for meetings. And like, a lot of it is like, as you would expect from our audience is like, ah, like, this is a big deal. I want this to be right. Like, I don't even know who to talk to about changing this. And I'm going to look like a, like I'm being a pill or something like that. But I, f- I feel them when they say that, like, especially if like with me, I don't know, I got five things I have to do every week, six things. But there are people who, like, their whole calendar is just jammed up with all this stuff. And, like, it just seems like you could potentially, in a group like yours, especially as you do, and you're not, like, a manager, but, like, you must have to, like, manage a fair amount of, like, meeting. It sounds like you go to more meetings now, yes? Yeah. So you got to
0: deal with that. Yeah, like, sometimes it's more than 50%. If you look at, like, the view of the week where you see, you know, like, vertical vertical columns for each day,
1: right? yeah.
0: Uh, and then, like, time starts at like nine a.m. at the top and five at the bottom, and there's blocks in each day for meetings. Sometimes it's more than fifty percent blocked off with stuff, with just like Swiss cheese. It's a wonder anything ever gets done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna tell. I, I'm gonna end up telling my my maybe my children, but maybe my grandchildren about like how many years I spent working on a Mac with an Exchange server with this persistent thing that apparently I don't. know Does it only happen to me? Does it happen to everyone else and they don't care? Like. I get invited to things I hit accept like when you get invited to something it appears in your, your calendar as like a dimmed out box and it's when you hit accept it becomes undimmed and it's like this right. is on your calendar now, right yeah or, or you can you can hit tentative it stays dimmed or whatever you can hit reject and it disappears right so I hit accept and then two days later it's back to being dimmed and usually right. I find that out because they send an update to the meeting and outlook says this is an updating to update to a meeting that you have not yet accepted uh, please accept the, the meeting first and then come back here to accept this. And then I have to manually go to the calendar and find what thing it's talking about. Like, especially if it's like a meeting series, you have to accept this meeting series. Or there's no button that says, you know, this meeting series isn't a link or there's no button that says go to this meeting series or accept this meeting series or whatever. It just says you need to do you. this is an update to something you haven't accepted. You need to go accept it. I probably know what it is as Outlook here, but I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to link to it. So go back to your calendar, find it somehow. Click accept on it, then come back here. What? And then it will allow you to accept or reject this, right? (laughs) So there's two parts to that. One, why does everything I accept eventually become, go back to like tentative, right? And this can happen if the meeting is like three weeks in the future, six times I could accept it. And it'd be like, oh, accepted, solid, it's on your calendar, boom, next day come back in, it's grayed out again, right? And an update comes through and it says, this is an update to a meeting you haven't accepted and I got to go manually find like... This is how I live my life at work. Uh, And I suppose this doesn't happen on Windows, but a lot of people use Macs. And I don't know if they just don't care that that happens or does it only happen to me because something in my setup is weird. And I'm pretty sure this has happened across multiple jobs and multiple computers and many, many versions of my operating system, the server software and the client software. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just some really long, you know shipping container in a desert kind of experiment with me. But but right now, I'm just like, I accept it. This is the way the world works. I will accept meetings, and they will become grayed out again, and I'll have to hunt them down and re-accept them so I can accept the updates. This is this is how I do with my time. See, that makes me anxious just
1: hearing about it. And maybe I take my calendar too seriously, but I don't know. I, I that's... that's my work
0: calendar, not my, not my personal calendar, which is entirely separate, an entirely right. separate piece of software.
1: Right, right. But also, that, doesn't that seem... It seems weird that you would have that for so long, so persistently in such a similar way. That seems like that should be a solved problem at this point. And, and like, again,
0: are you the only one getting it? Because that's chaos. That's I mean, yeah, I, I don't understand Sometimes I, I marvel at how do I how do I work like this for so long? Like, why have I not a younger person would be like pursuing this to figure out I'm going to I'm going to solve this computer problem. But I've just accepted this. It. It's, it's intractable. And the only solution is for us to stop using Outlook and Exchange.
1: Well, I you know, I, I don't I don't want to turn it into another show, but like it, it it vexes me because as I've already said four times, I do take this really seriously. And like if it's on there to me, that is a deal that I am making with myself to not do a million other things and to make sure that like, you know, if that changes or reschedules, like guess what? Other things have to be moved or rescheduled. And my gut is that this is like just another one of those things where bad or complacent culture makes people not take this stuff seriously. Like maybe this helps explain partly why so many people are so lackadaisical about their calendar where like, it's, it's more like a a serving suggestion. Oh, they're just from the West coast. You just, you just live in California. That's all it is. Oh, well, we got a lot, we got a lot we're dealing with here. That's for sure. But I I talked about this with, you know, places I've gone to do talks and I, I, I don't do that so much anymore really at all, but like, you know, over time, especially when I was doing it a lot it became clear and clearer to me, like why so many talks suck. I mean, obviously if you don't prepare or you don't care, that's not the best situation, but it's also just this like cultural expectation of like, okay, send us your PowerPoint with your slides that we can send out as PDFs before you get up to do them. And then, or, or do them with this particular deck because they all want, we all want it to look the same at the offsite meeting and then walk up to this lectern with a mic where you can't move and you can't see your notes and like I, I know, again, I'm I'm just dumping here, but like to me, that's 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 a pretty terrific example of like how to make make that particular kind of work product mediocre. It's almost like it's like a Harrison Bergeron situation where you're deliberately making everybody do a mediocre job of this. And I, this is not ad the calendar thing is not as extreme, but like I've been to places that are famous for their really good shows, let's say. And like I had to I had to like somebody was shooting With like an eighty millimeter lens, I had to stand under one spotlight with a stick mic at a lectern and didn't get show notes. And it's like, you know, if you do that all the time, like nobody's going to excel at this. Like nobody's going to do anything fun or creative or different. Like you're, I mean, you're certainly not going to have audio and movies and things like that. And all your transitions, you're going to have to go look at the slide like an animal. And like to me, that, that's the kind of work culture. I'm sorry to rant. That's the kind of work culture that I find so frustrating, where everybody just kind of shrugs and goes, well, I guess that's the way it goes. It's a living.
0: Like a stick mic like on Family Feud?
1: <laughs> I would enjoy that. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would add a little flair, don't you think?
1: <laughs> you come up in like a Richard Dawson, like a three-piece suit. Mm-hmm. You get up there, time to play the feud, and you start kissing everybody. You have to write a medium post. you got to write a medium post after you do that.
0: Every time I think about him now, though, I think of him in The Running Man. Do you remember that?
1: that I never role? saw The
0: Running Man, but I, I I know his role. He's like the um, master of ceremonies, right? I mean, he plays himself, basically. And now, now I see him on The Family Feud, and it takes on a sinister quality.
1: I remember him from Hogan's Heroes. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Hover, when you have a great idea for your next project, store, blog, whatever, you need to give it a great name. You got to get a good domain name, make it easy for people to find you. If you care about it, give it a good name. You can do that with Hover. There is so much to love about Hover, but I'll tell you what I love. They do not upsell you and you get free who is privacy. When all you want to do is buy a domain name or an email address, you shouldn't have to opt out of page after page of add ons that you don't want or need. And that's why Hover offers only domains and email. You can focus on finding a great domain name and then get back to working on your great idea. But they also believe you shouldn't have to pay for things that really ought to be included with your domain name. Most people don't realize that when you register a domain name, your contact information, including your email address, phone number, home address, it's all published online. Anybody out there can just grab it. Unlike most other domain providers, Hover includes free Whois privacy with all supported domains to keep your information confidential. Keep it to yourself. That's what your buddies at Hover are going to do for you. So, please go out and find the perfect domain name for your idea. You go to hover.com slash diffs, that's D I F F S. And that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase. Once again, that's hover.com slash diffs. And go find out more and get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Hover for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM, hover domain names for your ideas.
0: Manufactured mediocrity like that's that's what corporate america is all about because it's still better than failure you know they make it up in volume <laughs> like they're they're not as good as they could be but they're 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 in the black and then you just do tons and tons more of that like you you weaponize it and you you uh automate it and just everyone uses the same slide deck and we're just all making money here and let's just do this
1: uh, i i i i might add this to the list i might add this to the list talking about um some certain productivity things, because you know I've talked about that in the past, and you you have a lot of thoughts on this. I hear you 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 and your friend Mark go at this a little bit, you know, because Mark always rolling his eyes about people have to go to meetings. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, if I have a job and stuff, like that's the thing I've got to do. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that at some point. I mean, you know, it's sort of like you've said about maybe what, like Pixar and Apple. Like, does it have to be that way? Like, d- does it really have to have to be that way? Because because my gut on this, as a sneak preview, is that I think people tend to seek out things that they can manage in a way that they understand. And if they can't manage it or they have to manage it in a way that they don't understand, it becomes, what, counter-revolutionary. And you end up, you know, locking down all this stuff because, well, this is the way it's, you know, this is the way it's got to be. And you certainly see that in, like, an IS kind of department. But, you know, there's all kinds of ways where, like, well, this is the way we've always done it, you know, cutting the ends off the meeting. People would love that if we talked about productivity, don't you think?
0: Yeah, you should get a podcast about that. Mm, big week. Now I'm being called to join the Incomparable who uh, they are doing a live commentary on Back to the Future. Should I accept or no? You know, if you accept, you are just
1: can to accept again later. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. I will. I will. Now I don't know what button to hit because no. now I have the green pickup phone button and the red uh, decline call button. And then I have the little X in a circle in the upper left-hand corner of the window.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, I see Steve Lutz.
0: There he is. <gasps> yeah. Should I hit the little red thing or the little X? We should have a no. Hit No. I'm going to hit the red thing. Hopefully, this won't hang up on you. Okay. I did it. Are you still there? Yeah.
1: Dodged a bullet with that one.
0: Yeah, I did. I did tell Jason like a week ago that I had a conflict. Why and, does
1: he uh, bring that on himself? Why does he want to bring that on himself? A podcast that long with a bunch of people making jib-jabs about a movie, and he's got to cut all that together. Doesn't that seem like a lot to bring on yourself? No,
0: I, you know, I filled out the doodle. I filled out the doodle for it when it came up like a while ago. But while the doodle was still in flight, we scheduled our thing okay and then i said oh guess what uh because when he nailed down the doodle and said guess what here's the day i picked on the doodle when i filled out the doodle i was available today but then when he finally picked on the doodle he picked you know anyway so i explained this to him but apparently he's forgotten
1: also also uh, okay you know it could be really useful is um busy and available busy and available as like a radio button you tick you know like usually most calendar apps it seems like it has a default of when i whenever i book something on my calendar by default set me as busy, which is you know sensible I guess that obviously that makes sense unless you're one of those animals that puts things like write a novel this week on my calendar but you know but the thing is like like i by default all of our family calendar things are busy for me so like a day at camp shows up at busy and then my watch has a buster on it because it thinks I have more than one thing and then you know again because that's poorly implemented and because nobody uses it because it doesn't work like that's it becomes useless and then you got to redoodle everybody. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm venting, John. I, I just I, I have
0: the same thing of like how to how to mark myself for the times when I'm in things. Uh, I, I, once again, Outlook slash Exchange slash whatever really helps by giving you the status busy and also the status out of office. Separate. You have to pick one of those. It's very mysterious to me. It's like, what if I'm? You
1: can't just click like not that into it. <laughs>
0: yeah, like will not be there. Like is, is one of them. Like I'm busy, but I'm in the office. So if you wanted to, you could physically come and find me. <laughs> versus, I'm out of the office, but am I still working, or am I on vacation? Right. Very confusing. Jason suggests that we start watching Back to the Future.
1: Like, at the same time, we should do that. That would be funny. That could be about like our special summer episode. Anyway, we'll table that. Um, have you... Um, we got some follow-up. Have you... Have you? Our uh, topics in, in a state of dress that you like? Uh, Yeah, sure. We can skip over my Yakov-Shmirnov sci-fi breakthrough. That's okay. We can skip that. We can talk about mm-hmm. my sleep hat if you want. Most importantly... um. We got, we got a lot of nice feedback, but by which I mean like at least three to six tweets from people who seem to really like the last episode. Um, people like the air conditioner talk, and I think they love the Daisy talk. And so it is incumbent upon me to ask, do you have any follow up this week with regard to your new dog friend?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I would say things are better now than they were then. Uh, Daisy and I and the family are coming to more of an understanding about what is expected of the dog. <laughs> it's a family effort yeah there's there's i'm gonna say that there's less biting there's definitely less biting than there was that's so huge. that that's good that's good progress there's not no biting there's biting like there's there's definitely you know you know face biting is still a thing but mostly you know like i think we've successfully recognized it as you know excitement bite. like i'm mean, gonna wake up in the morning i still got to carry her down the stairs because she doesn't know how to do the stairs we're working on that Aww. um and then she's so excited when i when i pick her up in the morning and she's licking my face and but you know t- the licking turns into a little bit of face biting there but it's out mm-hmm. of love right and then she gets overexcited when she's at the dog park and we're leaving the dog park she's just going nuts and biting at your legs but you just tell her to sit and she sits and chills and calms down and everything you know It's and it's still like nipping or whatever um but much less she's much more calm she has spent some entire days mostly out of her crate which is progress right so now she's running around the house Oh wait a minute! Because la- be.
1: last time you were saying, uh, if you if you let her out, she would eventually uh, do something bad, and your son was not your son was not riding herd on that.
0: Yeah, no, like she she used to, you know, eat the rug, eat the couch, uh, like do all sorts of things she's not supposed to do. Get it now? She still needs to be supervised. You still need to know where she is every second, and have eyes on the dog because she is still a little pee and bomb <laughs> waiting to go off. Um, but. She doesn't pull towels down in the kitchen anymore. She for the most part, she doesn't eat furniture for the most part. Like she's making a lot of progress there. You just have to keep an eye on her and still certain areas of the house are still closed off to her. So that's progress. The housebreaking, the not peeing in the house, I mean mm-hmm. it's mysterious, but you know, you gotta be patient. We're still doing all the things we're supposed to be doing, and she's averaging about one accident a day. Sometimes like yesterday I, I took three trips. Out of the house to do like run errands, three separate trips, and she made it through the first two, but on the third one she peed in her crate, which is the thing that she does because she's trapped in her crate she just i think it was because it was around dinner time, and she's like mm-hmm. everybody left, and I'm in the house alone, and it's around dinner time. I feel like I'm never going to be fed again. I don't know why she has all this uh I don't know if it's food anxiety or food excitement, but she's mm-hmm. still super excited about food and today she peed under the kitchen table just randomly again around dinner time after mm-hmm. making it through the whole rest of the day how how you, f- how'd you people find it? watching her? Oh, I I saw her like two seconds after. Like, I was making dinner, uh, and other people were, in theory, watching the dog. And, you know, (laughs) you you get your eyes off her for two seconds, and, you know, she's under the table and peeing. At the nighttime, you know, around dusk or whatever, she pees a lot. Like, I don't know what she does the rest of the day. Like, she goes on plenty of walks and, and pees and stuff. But around dinner time, she's like, take me out and pee. And then five minutes later... I'm whining. That means take me out again, and I'll pee. And then five minutes later, I'm whining at the door. Take me out again, and she pees. And she pees all these times. Every time she pees, and it's not like you know. Maybe just leave her out longer. Let it get all out of her system. Nope. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. how long you leave. She does one big long pee, and you're like, surely there is no more pee in this dog. The <laughs> amount of pee that just came out of this dog is more than fits it. Like the entire volume of the dog could be pee, and I saw it all come out. Right. And then she'll go back in the house, and five ten minutes later, she'll be like wandering over by the door, and like start learning to read her signs of her trying not trying to tell you but her saying to you in very very subtle ways i'm filled with pee and it's going to come out soon if you don't <laughs> let me out and so a lot of going in and out and in and out and in and out are, uh, around that time of night so that's a little bit of a mystery if you take her in and out she will you know she'll wait and you know but if you don't take her out and you wait too long then she'll just go wherever she goes so that that i feel like is the our most pressing problem now but all sorts of things I read on the web. is like, it may take you up to a year to body train your dog. It's like, oh, that's great. Mm. That's great. So, we're still doing that, uh, but behavior is better. Uh, she's getting bigger. She's doing better with the dogs at the dog park, playing with them. Oh, less- boy, this is a lot of progress, John. This is good. Yeah, less, less uh, life and death situations, more situations where she has times at the park where there's a bunch of other dogs there, and she gets along with all of them, exercises, and runs her little head off, and just has fun, and doesn't end up yelping or being eaten by a bigger dog or eating a smaller dog. So mm. we're doing good. This probably isn't germane, but I remember them saying
1: in um, like a baby class, we're getting ready to have a baby. They said, you know, something you gotta be ready for is that the babies don't know how to tell you things. Babies can't talk. And so a baby cries and that can mean like what, like five, six, seven different things. It could be tired, it could be bored. It could be frustrated. It could be poopy or PE. It could be hungry. And like, that, just bear in mind that your child is not crying because it's bad. Your child is crying because it does not have any other way to express. It's frustration, probably, in some ways. Like, what is, what is crying as an adult? It's, it's like frustration. It's when you kind of give up emotionally on something and you need a little, like, need a break. I bet it's like that for a dog. Excitement biting, as you called it, is probably, you know, one of the things she does just because she doesn't know what to do.
0: She knows what to do. She knows what to do. She wants to bite bite just bite your face mm,
1: she's,
0: she's, she's so, so excited cute. lick 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 bite lick lick, 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 lick bite she's it's so adorable
1: cute. you have a nice floor i like your floor
0: it's uh, not it's not a nice floor at all mm. i like how it looks in mm. that picture looks like oh that, is that a special like distressed finish like no that's actual just distressed <laughs> <That's the thing. laughs> but like you know people get those cabinet like kitchen cabinets and they're yeah, you get like a lumber have
1: liquidator you type situation you get have you get seen some...
0: that you, you ever see how they make them distressed <laughs> like they, is it like they, steel it, wool yeah as someone well in many cases yeah but the, sometimes it's actually like power tools they take to it like as someone who, you know who has an actual distressed home like the old fashioned way as in it is old and beat up the idea of taking perfectly flat straight nicely finished uh no scratches no pock marks no checks, like nice cabinets or other furniture and then taking sandpaper steel wool dremel power tools and other right, other right. things to them to selectively remove parts of the finish and put dings and nicks in them, it pains me in a way that, like, jeans with holes already in them doesn't. Mostly because, like, kitchen cabinets cost a bazillion dollars, and it's like, just, why why would you... And I always wonder how those will look when they actually do get damaged. Like, I think right. the legit damage will look different than the faux damage. You know, it just it has to, because it's not like you're taking a belt sander or a Dremel tool to your thing. It's gonna be like, you scratch it with your you know, the belt buckle of your belt every day for 20 years and you get a little, I don't know. Anyway. Get
1: the, oil, get the oils on there. mm mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> yeah. Anyway, my floor is a wreck. The, the entire, all my hardware floors need to be refin- refinished.
1: Well, you're so hard on your, you're so hard on your things. I think that's nice. She, she looks beautiful in this photo you sent and that's a that, that's a beautiful floor.
0: No, it, it is not. It mm. is uh need of being refinished. See, the thing about refinishing florists, we totally should have done it. Before we moved in, but now that all our stuff is there, the even the, the idea of refinishing the floor is like, well, what do you mean we will remove everything from the first floor of our house? Where will that stuff go? And I don't wanna anything that involves me moving my television entertainment center oh, is God. like off the off the table. I just uh redid our routers. Finally went all in on Eero. Did you get the fancy new one? Because I actually looked at those and I saw they get-
1: I don't know why, but they sent me one.
0: Why'd they say I want one?
1: You deserve want... it. You got a popular podcast. They should send you one.
0: <sighs> I, I mean, I did get the one I have now, to be fair, was from them. And I've been using it for a long time. And I enjoy it. And I can't I can't go back to the one router lifestyle. And then when they announce the new one that's even faster and better, like, I want faster and better. But really, I should just not change my setup. Like, I should be happy with what I have. It's not as if I have bad speeds from anywhere. It's not as if I even need anything better. If I have right. great coverage everywhere. I should just be happy that everything works. But
1: yeah, you, you got the FOMO. You, you want to know what, 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 what does this thing do? It's pretty cool because now basically this is not a na- wait they're not a sponsor this week are they no um but you get the central unit and you get these two like satellites to plug into the wall give you a nightlight and uh, it was it's great I mean it's really easy to set up I finally cut
0: the cord oh you got the little turdy ones no I don't want that I want the big full size ones but now they have like uh, extra bands so they get are more efficient I think oh, see or now a higher, I want that one band. now I FOMO yeah oh
1: I see I want that one the only thing that's strange I I, I should see I I real had a real real party going on Friday night I added emoji uh to all the devices and i comb through it every few days make sure there's nothing on there shouldn't be on there i give everything emoji do you turn your the leds off on your units you know i haven't yet i i'm a i'm a little bit of a led racist i i do not like the the blinking lights
0: then i'm blinking they're just on like see i turned it off in our bedroom because it's like you know we don't need more lights in our bedroom mm-hmm. but i left it on on the other ones just because i want to know that the thing is like plugged in and working and when i see the light off it's like oh someone knocked the plug out
1: I'll tell you what I don't understand. This is the only thing I don't understand. You know, it's got the built-in internet tester, dealy, Bob. And the thing is, so whenever I change anything, because I'm a dork, I do a uh, run a, mm, is it speed test or it's the other one? But anyway, the one I want on my phone, I'll run, I'll like go stand near the router and I'll always do a before and after, like before and after by the router, before and after in the faraway part of the house. The great news is that like you've said, and we've said in testimonials, you get pretty consistent Wi-Fi in places where you just didn't get it before, which is awesome. Now, here's the weird one. Now, you tell me what's going on here. When I run a speed dingus on my old airport, Extreme, I get 130 megabits down. And when I run it on the Eero standing nearby, I get a solid, like, 34 down. But if I run the speed—that's wireless, obviously— Wait, wait, hang on, let me get that right. Yeah, 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 I get like, I get like, it goes getting crazy balls, uh, downloads, but then that, that goes down. But the dingus, if I run it through the Eero dingus, it still shows me getting like 121, down. Does that seem strange? And also my Apple TV, my Apple TV, which is etherneted, doesn't get me 130 down. What's happening? Is it all just, is it all fake news?
0: Apple TV uses a hundred megabit ethernet. So you're never going to get more than a hundred megabit out of that. So oh. don't bother. There's not gigabit ethernet. So, Maybe
1: I should check my cable. I might have the uh, the wrong cat on there.
0: And for the Euro thing, they you know it's like it's like daisy chain from you know one router to the other, or whatever. And they don't have an independent channel for uh, the cross device communication. So your bandwidth is divided up between the cross device communication and what you get. And I don't I don't know what the Euro app is showing you. Maybe it's showing the aggregate bandwidth, and the other thing is showing you like the the throughput, like, end-to-end, end, not not counting the... in between the, I don't know. I never pay attention to those numbers. All I look at is, like, when I'm downloading something, yeah. is it downloading as fast as the server can send it to me, or is the server waiting on me? Uh, but most of the stuff in my house is ethernet Like, my wife's computer has Wi-Fi turned off and is connected to Ethernet, uh, wired directly to my router. My Synologies are all wired. Uh, my Mac Pro doesn't even have Wi-Fi, so it's all wired. Every device connected to my television, my PlayStation... my playstation 3 anything that has my television itself anything that has an ethernet port including my apple tv is all plugged into ethernet yeah although like the apple tv is 100 megabits so i think everything else connected to the hub is also 100
1: i don't have any complaint i don't have any complaints honestly like everything seems to run like a top i just sent you a couple screen grabs and i don't have the fios like you do but um yeah no i don't have any complaints but it is it is still a little bit of a black art but it's also cool. It's cool that you can block things. Have you, it's cool that you can do the profiles. You know what? Let's stop talking about it. This is not an ad. We have to talk more about your dog. John, the other big point, if I may, um, is that people were super frustrated that we did not have links in show notes so they could look at a picture of your pupper doggo. Uh, you've had, got a couple of links links. Do you want to share with people the best place to see photos of Daisy the uh, pupper doggo?
0: Yeah, we'll put we'll put these links in the show notes. uh, My Instagram account and my Twitter account are the best places. I don't really post Instagram like almost ever, but every once in a while I do. So I did put two pictures of my dog on Instagram, and I'll tweet random pictures of my dog as well. So if you if if you just want to see what the dog looks like, go go to Instagram because they are the most recent two pictures, and they will probably be the most recent two pictures for at least a couple more weeks unless I add more pictures of my dog. And then Twitter. If you were to do use what use whatever the the your client or the website lets you do to just show images from my account, and you'll see some other random dog pictures.
1: Look at those eyes! Look at those eyes! Wow, you take really pretty pictures. Did you take these pictures of this Ferrari? Yeah. Jesus Louise, pictures.
0: it's Instagram. Huh. My Instagram.
1: I don't look at Instagram. Can't look at it. Can't look at it. I'm looking. Why now. can't
0: you look at it? it- I, I can't get involved. I, I just I can't get involved. I think uh, you just Instagram is like a voyeur's medium. You just find find somebody who you want to follow who takes nice pictures, uh, and you just look at them. You don't no. participate.
1: No, it wants you to do stuff. Oh, look, somebody already got one of my usernames. Look at that. What
0: kind of? Yeah, yeah the, see, if you look at my username, my Instagram username, like I joined Instagram so late. I should have done what I I do always do now, which is like every time it's a new service, register your name, even if you're never going to use it. Oh, I see. You Had to use your you had to use your use your backup name. Yeah that's like my my fifth backup name. like I have many I had to go through all of the things that were taken, right and so anyway, I, I joined Instagram. I don't know when when was my first picture, but I think I joined Instagram just just to post my first picture uh-huh.
1: look at look at you th- three thousand seven hundred and twenty followers that seems like a lot. you have fifty nine posts oh, look yeah, at that you check your metrics posts. you check your metrics a lot?
0: I do not. So my first picture I posted to Instagram was mm-hmm. twenty fourteen. so I signed up for Instagram Ooh. in twenty fourteen, which is super late. Oh, and everybody had taken friend. all possible variations of my name, so I got what I got.
1: Oh, December! Look at you! Look at you! That's a home haircut, buddy. Jim, any Christmas? Okay, well, listen. How
0: about that cape? Huh? I remember that cape. That's my. That's my Superman cape. Oh, it had you to look tie it so in cool. the front. Yeah. Look at you.
1: All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the name, and we'll cut this out if you want. Just give me. Give me a. Give me no, a. You
0: can say. You can say the name. No,
1: no, because no, because here's what I'm gonna say. It's
0: gonna be linked in the show notes.
1: <laughs> You're not listening to my words. Okay. All right, Give me yeah. your emotional feeling about your wife's in- Instagram username. How do you feel about it? Um, I, I figured it out. I'm a fan of Stephen Moffat, so I figured it out.
0: What is her Instagram username? Let me see. Who am I following? Oh, I can't even click on it. The 39 following and I can't click on it. It's not a link. To uh, Skype or message or messages? me. Message me her Instagram username. S- I think S- Skype or
1: messages. Skype.
0: It doesn't matter. Oh, her username is a bunch of hexadecimal stuff. Is it?
1: Hmm. No. no, uh, she, she's, oh, got yeah, a, no she's got a Stephen okay, Moffat name.
0: Yes, I am. I I know. They bother you? Uh, no. She just—that's what she uses.
1: Okay, that's okay. fine. That's fine. Photo was favorited by. I
0: already, I already yelled at her for the bad crop on the photo. we you're looking at there.
1: Yeah, wearing children's shoes. Look at that dog. Look up at you. Look at that dog. It's so happy to see you.
0: No, it's because I have treats. That's why. Okay.
1: Is that that what that fanny pack is? Is that a fanny pack of treats?
0: Yeah, it's a treat pouch. Treat pouch.
1: (laughs) We bought our cat new bowls to help address what we imagine is something called whisker fatigue. (laughs) My wife, my wife, uh, I miss this on another program. There's some
0: tired whiskers here.
1: My wife pulled me aside and said, look, we need to talk about the cat. I think I've been reading about this on the internet and I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. the cat has whisker fatigue. Mm -hmm, And I said, mm -hmm. oh no, Um, what's whisker fatigue? And that's that's when your cat's whiskers get fatigued from having to stuff its stupid slimy face into a bowl, and it pulls back on the whiskers. And so we got our special bowl.
0: But here's so the funny d- thing: does, turns does out, does the cat wait? Does the cat pull the whiskers back, or is the bowl pushing them back?
1: It's the double. Well, no, it's the bowl. And the problem is, according to the 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 um, whisker fatigue people, the problem mm-hmm. is that is that your sister? Where? Wow, she's really cute. Um, the problem is a combination of the bowl being too low and the bowl going too deep and maybe maybe a little bit narrow. So your cat's got to mm-hmm. bend over and right. stick its stupid, idiotic face into its food and then draws back the whiskers. So you need a higher, you want to get a higher dish mm-hmm. that's broader. It might hold a little bit less, but it's more like a, uh, like a bird feeder for your cat.
0: Boy, of all the things to get fatigued, like of all the... The I pains. Like, I can imagine, like the bowl being too low and hurting their back or straining mm-hmm. their neck. But the whiskers, the yeah. whiskers. We'll
1: do anything to uh, make life better in ways that we imagine it would mm-hmm. make it better for we, our
0: cat. We breed this mutant cat with a swished-in face, and now we feel bad that his whiskers are. Fatigued. I didn't breed anything. I saved her life. I'm the real hero.
1: <sighs> Thank prolonged, you for my service. Her, pro
0: saved her life slash prolonged her agony.
1: Um. So that is some follow up on the dog. I think we will probably be checking back in on this. Look at that sweet angel. She has very not your sister. The dog has very <laughs> expressive eyes. That is so sweet.
0: Look I at got that. so many pictures of this dog now. You know, it's like a, a newborn. She's growing so fast. She already gained really. You know, at least two pounds. Right. So we get a lot it's of pee. pictures. Just all pee yeah well that's true but uh yeah you gotta you gotta take pictures of the dog now because like already she's getting bigger yeah, you don't realize it look back at the pictures from a couple weeks ago it's like oh remember when she was that small she's not that small anymore so she's growing oh my god the bathroom door from your son's middle school oh my god yeah, that's the the caption of that picture that's why i like instagram that you get the caption pictures and the, the caption for this one is middle school middle this, school this, this, yeah. that is a perfect representation of middle school <laughs>
1: This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Casper. You can learn more about Casper right now by visiting Casper.com/slash diffs. You guys know Casper. Casper is a company that is focused on sleep. They make the perfect premium mattress and they sell it online for a fraction of what it would cost if it were in a store. Casper's award-winning mattress was developed in-house. It has a sleek design, and it is delivered in an impossibly small box. In addition to the mattress, Casper now also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. Here's the thing. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper mattress. It is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. So, uh, you know, hey, maybe not so surprising that they have an average of 4.8 stars across more than 30,000 online reviews. Let's get down to the science facts. Their San Francisco. Research and development team have developed a proprietary foam that relieves pressure and increases airflow, and they combine that with a springy comfort layer to contour to your body and keep you cool. This means Casper mattresses have just the right sink and just the right bounce. Casper makes quality mattresses at great prices. They're designed and developed in America. Everybody likes America. They've cut the hassle and the cost out of dealing with showrooms and they're passing those savings directly on to you the consumer. Now here's here's a truth fact. <sighs> my family dragged me out camping recently. I had to sleep outdoors in a tent on one of those execrable mattresses that you blow up with a little battery dingus. It's the worst. It's like sleeping on half a trampoline. It is no fun. It was so nice to get home to our Casper mattress that I sleep on with my wife. We have a Casper mattress for our daughter. And if we liked our cat, we would probably buy her a mattress, but she is on her own there. And here's what you need to know. Buying a Casper mattress, it is so easy and so completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns to the US, to Canada, and oh, hello, governor. Now the UK as well. With Casper, you can actually get to sleep on their mattress before you make your decision. You try it out for 100 nights, decide if that mattress is what you want to spend one third of your life on. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up, refund you everything. Right now, you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash diffs. That's D I F F S. Using the offer code diffs at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to Casper for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Schools smell like pee.
0: Oh, the bathroom part of them, sure, yeah.
1: Well, I think this is. I think you know what? We'll save it for another week. But I'm pretty. Sh- I mean, like, I am frequently struck by when I walk in, even if it's a place where she's going to camp. I'll walk in and it just smells like boy pee
0: everywhere. Oh and, yeah. yeah. Do you
1: think I'm just overly sensitive to that?
0: No, it does. I mean, boys pee all over the ground. Right? I, I mean, think my they whole do. house smells like dog pee now. So I'm, I'm, I'm just soaking at it. Like pee is everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had a little bit of a misfire trying some new uh, new thought technology with my cat's box, and she she missed the box a little bit. Mm. So I got to work on that. Yeah. Look at that face. All right. So we'll return uh, to the, the the tale of Daisy. Congratulations. I'm glad things are getting better.
0: I bet. Mm-hmm. I bet. I bet that this is going to be. This is going to be a high quality dog. That is my prediction. We'll see. Yeah. We're working on it. We're you gotta. It's like kids. You know. You got to. You got to put in the work up front to the hope that things come out okay later on. Yeah, and it probably won't work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just wait until I go back to work. That's when. Speaking of, that's that's when things are going to get really bad. Because you won't be there to pick her up and go, uh, right? And she'll be unattended in the house for longer periods of time, during yeah. which she will slowly go insane, destroy everything we have, <laughs> pee and poo everywhere, uh, backslide and all the progress we will have made. Yeah, What a sweet, precious angel. Mm-hmm.
1: We got some we got lots of uh, many mini topics and we've got some I th- I think we got at least one and probably two pretty meaty main topics this week if you are into it.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: You have one you like more than the other?
0: I like all the minis too, but if you want to skip all the minis and just go right to the main topic, that's fine with me. too. You can
1: pick a mini if you want, but um uh the Yakov Smirnov sci-fi breakthrough. Yeah, it's too much. It's too long. It's 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 a dream I had and did you,
0: did you explain this to me already No, no saving it, it, like, it for the show
1: saving it for saving it for the program because it was another one of my very important dreams i didn't even write it down but i still i still remember let's let we'll, we'll save that for because we did talk about Jakov off he was your it's avatar and we confuse had a people. show yeah yeah no basically right. okay so here's what i realized i had i had a dream and here's my sci-fi breakthrough i had a dream that you know like the uh what is it the the things that can infect an ant's brain and turn it into a zombie and, like, put its eggs in there, and then, like, it makes it fall from the tree and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I I had a dream that almost everything in human behavior was an example of that with unseen aliens or similar beings, right? That actually, like, there's something, like, for example, consuming fossil fuels is something we've been caused to do by an Mm -hmm. alien race. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a, it becomes a real Yakov Smirnov type situation because you think you're the ones consuming the oil, but it's also consuming you or something like that. Yeah, it's just something you might want to think about. You might want to start looking. So, who are the aliens? I don't know. See, that's the thing is you can't know. Like <laughs> oh. if you're getting if you're getting eggs laid in your head, you're not pausing to ask you know if you got a Google invite.
0: Yeah, well, you think about this as you clean the cat box. That when this is happening, the taco how, how would you
1: how would you even know? Becomes the question. How would you uh, even know? It's it, yeah. again, it's like if you're in the gelatin. Uh, with the guy mm-hmm, from John Wick mm-hmm. like you're not gonna be thinking about that you, you don't even know there's a gas hose in the back yeah, of your so neck. long and thanks for all the toxoplasmosis <laughs> so that's what that was
0: alright that makes sense that was that was a quick yeah it yeah, get 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 out, getting so get it out before you move on from the stream was it? What was the overriding emotion? Was it distress? Was it like like uh you know the opening of Mad Men where you're falling with pop culture tumbling around you? Like what is right, the
1: stockings? No, mainly I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself for figuring it out. Like I had seen where the gelatin uh-huh, is so coming from. It
0: was it was a sane man an in insane world uh, eureka moment. Yeah, I mean like a lot
1: of times in my family I feel like Cassandra. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm like I, I'll say like you know what if we don't get going pretty soon we're going to be late, you know, and if we're late, you know, that's going to, we're going to disrupt sleep and then that's going to be mm-hmm. a thing. And I'm going way and, down and, the line with everything that breaks. Right, and you, you just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. But like for one of a nail, the the kingdom was lost is it type situation. And so like, that's me. on Cassandra. And then, you know what? I'm not allowed to gloat on it and it wouldn't be helpful if I did. That's the Cassandra problem.
0: You should live on the East coast. This is, this is a conclusion. I'm coming. You should live on the East coast. The West coast is doing nothing for you. You think so? You think my my um because no, you're, you're you're you want to be places on time, you want to leave the house, you want people to show up when they say they're going to show up and it's all incompatible with oh my yeah, God. the coast that you're on. It, yeah, it's at least
1: Midwestern, probably East Coast. No, East Coast. It's going to rock to be Midwestern. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been to <in> the Midwest. <laughs> it's basically like living inside of an apology with pie. So you know I'm gonna think on it some more, but there were other examples of that. The one that came to mind was fossil fuels. That was that was a no brainer. If 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 you forgive my saying, it seemed very obvious to me that that was one. But there's all kinds of things where we don't know that we are the the unwilling. We think we're choosing to do that, you know. And us and us people over on this side of the spectrum go, hey, not so many fossil fuels, not so much much coal, but maybe the, the, us consuming that
0: coal is actually helping the aliens. That uh, would be a, yeah, like all conspiracy theories, uh, a comforting uh, alternative to what's actually happening. You You always want to believe that something is in control.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If there were a God, who's to say whether he would like us? Mm -hmm. Do you want to do full media blackout? Or do you want to do things that need to leave our house? Oh, let's do full full
0: media blackout.
1: I first heard this term from Todd. I don't know if this is your term. Not my term. So you you can run with this if you want. But do you want to jump in?
0: I I first heard this term from him as well, Uh, but I I don't know. Anyway, he's he's heavily credited with this term, let's just say. This is a thing that he does uh, that a lot of people do, but I don't know if people have a name for it, where there is some piece of media, and in Todd's case it's usually a movie, but it could be anything, that's coming out that you are excited about in some way because uh, you're familiar with the property or the people who are making it or some combination. And you know that you're going to you're going to take this thing in, you're going to watch it, you're going to read it, you're going to whatever, and you know, this all ahead of time just based on who's making it or, or, you know, the story or the the property or whatever. Right. And to get maximum enjoyment out of it, you decide I need to not see anything having to do with the marketing campaign for this thing. No trailers, no reviews, no teasers, uh, no images of the poster, no advertisements on television, no, uh, you know, commemorative cups at Burger King, nothing, no soundtrack, no nothing. So that's full full media blackout.
1: No, 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 Qui gong songs. <laughs> yeah. What was that name? Just, what was the name of that song?
0: Qui-Gon's Qui funeral. Gong's
1: funeral. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good job, guys. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so this. I mean, it's a difficult strategy was the idea that, like, I, you know, the practical thing is I don't need to see any of that marketing material because I already know that I'm going to watch this, right? And you decide that you get maximum enjoyment going in not knowing anything. I don't want the best scene spoiled by the trailer. I don't want to know, you know, if some important character dies on the TV show next season, right? Right. Or whatever. I don't want to know anything about it. Or if it's like the new movie from Quentin Tarantino and you're big Quentin Tarantino fan, it's like, I don't want to know anything about it. I want to know, is it a Western? Is it a sci-fi movie? Is it a gangster movie? I don't want to know anything about it. All I, all I know is that I watch every movie uh, Quentin Tarantino puts out. He's making a new one. And it's an if event. Can, Sometimes if,
1: it's an event. Like in your case with the Star Wars, like it's an event. You know, you're going to go, you know, it's a big deal. And like, it's, you, and you know that your enjoyment of this, every little bit of information, is not going to ruin it necessarily, but every extra piece of information is something you don't get to find out for yourself in the theater. And I mean, let me, while I'm hopping in here though, let me also say, I think this, you can distinguish, I, I think of at least three different things here on the far, far end, you've got full media blackout, which we'll talk more about, you know, what, what that means. But I would distinguish that from things like what people call spoilers. So a spoiler is like, I'm already watching this thing. Like, don't tell me about the plot twists. Those kinds of things. You can see, as we talked about, you can regard spoilers in lots of different ways. This goes way beyond that, right? And, like, for example, like, we go to a lot of movies, my, my daughter and me, and, like, I'm frequently flummoxed by, I mean, and this is a bit, it's a cliche, but I can't believe how much plot, mostly for movies I don't want to see, I cannot believe how much plot is given away in the trailer of a movie. We're like not only can I tell instantly that I have no desire to see this, but I can tell if I did see it, I have a pretty good idea why I wouldn't like it. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about I'm averse to knowing that. I'm talking about Baby Driver. I I I didn't even know who was in the cast. All I needed to know is that Edgar Wright had a new movie, and apart from the title, I did not want to know a single other iota of information. And the world conspires against you in so many different ways to tell you things about a movie, and it becomes a very fraught affair to minimize the number of things you know down to yes the cast down to the genre you know up, down to the running time like you said john everything can be as anything can be a spoiler
0: i was gonna say before that like if it's possible like you know if there's a movie coming out by a director you, you like and you want to know if it was possible which i don't believe it is you would like to not know the title i would love that i would love that because then the title might might suggest a genre can you imagine going to the next edgar right movie and not even knowing the genre I've had, I didn't know anything about Baby Driver except for the title because you had said it and the fact that it was Edgar Wright. I've since seen like an image of the poster inadvertently. Also, by the way, I got ca- the ending of Cars 3 spoiled from me on Twitter. So thank you very much for whoever did that.
1: Turns out they're all cars.
0: I forget who did it, but it's like, come on, guys. It's Don't not that. that old of a movie. And not that I care that much about Cars 3, but just to spoil the ending, it's not even someone I follow. It was someone like RTing somebody else. They're just, ugh.
1: Yeah, anyway. don't do that. Don't do that. Well, here's what happened to me is like, I, I went, okay, that's it. Lockdown. We should talk about in detail about what this means and why you are a crazy person to try this. But I was like, that's it. All I need to know. You know what? Uh, oh, we should also talk about the concept of the gimme. Everything Edgar Wright does is what what I've come. What we're now calling a gimme. Like, just gimme this one. Like, I, I love this thing. I, I He is my favorite director. It's an event. And then you know what, though? Like an idiot, I'm sitting there and I pick up my phone and I go, oh, I should go to Fandango. Which is a terrible, terrible app. I should go to Fandango and find out where this is gonna be showing and I'll go ahead and buy a ticket. And what happens? It pops up. You got a poster, and guess what? The cast. I saw the cast. And I was like, ah, vert thine eyes. Like I don't even I I don't want to know who's in it, but like and I was like, Oh great. Like now I know. I didn't even want that would have been so much more fun if I didn't know who was gonna be in that.
0: I well, know you gotta have if you have someone else do that. You gotta have the uh what is that called for the people who do things uh on the Sabbath? Oh, yeah,
1: a uh, it's like a Sabbath boy.
0: Yeah. That's not what it's called, I think.
1: But <laughs> uh, what Sabbath? Uh, you get like a Sabbath elevator. You get a Sabbath uh, air conditioner, mm-hmm. right? Shabasquoi, yeah. shabasquoi.
0: Yeah, that's closer. Yeah.
1: What are your? Well, should we talk more about like? what I mean, is it clear enough what that means? What it means is that you and this is I picked this up from you and Todd is like if you're willing to be a crazy person about two or three things a year, you've decided that this, there's going to be something we call full media blackout, which means. I'm going to take somewhat extraordinary measures, sim- not sim- not to simply not be spoiled, but like I'm going to avoid every iota of information I can about this, and I'm going to take measures to the extent possible to make sure that doesn't happen. And so what is that for you? That's that's a Star Wars.
0: Well, no, because I don't do that with Star Wars. Here's the thing. About that. So Todd is dedicated to the full media blackout lifestyle. Like He declares it on Twitter for many things, and presumably he deploys technology to make it happen and has varying degrees of success. The mm-hmm. only things I've ever done real full media blackout for are things that I did accidentally. So, for example, had I seen Baby Driver before seeing, seeing the poster, I would have done that merely because I'm not keeping track of what Edgar Wright's next movie is going to be. I've seen no trailers for it. The title is all I knew about it. Edgar Wright and the title. That's it. Had I gone to see Baby Driver... I would have successfully done Full Media Blackout for Baby Driver, but inadvertently, merely Mm -hmm. through ignorance, because I just don't travel in those circles doesn't know about it. That is the only, for things like that, and I've done that with a few things recently, like uh, the movie I recently watched, The Girl with All the Gifts, it was on Netflix. Oh yeah, you said you liked that. Yeah, but it was like, uh, this way, I didn't think I was doing Full Media Blackout, because I thought I knew what that movie was about. But five minutes in, I'm like, oh, well, I was wrong about what this movie is about. And I just watched the whole thing. And I just actually did full media blackout for The Girl with All the Gifts because I never read the book, never hmm. heard of anything about it, didn't know, you know, like I'd seen the images on the Netflix See, thing. Now, that, now
1: I've seen the poster and I already can tell it's going to be about a thing.
0: I mean, anyway, like that's but anyway, that's what's close to come. So I don't do for the things I really super duper care about. I, I don't do a full media blackout. And I'll tell you why. So the, the most recent one I've had and the most successful is for Star Wars Episode Seven. Ah, uh, the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. That was a super important movie to me for many reasons. See the entire history of the incomparable Star Wars episodes that I've been on, <laughs> and I wanted to see the teaser trailer because to me that's part of the enjoyment of consuming, you know, a new Star Wars after a long delay. I still have fond memories of the trailers for like Episode One, for example. Like that's mm-hmm. part of the excitement for me. But I certainly poster. didn't boy, you want... remember that poster? Yeah, that yeah, poster was was,
1: the... was such a great piece of work. I know it hurts a
0: little bit to think about it. But, I
1: know, I know, but it was still so promising.
0: Yeah, but but for you know, for The Force Awakens, I did want another title. I did want to see the very first released teaser trailer thing. What I didn't want to see was the, you know, that was called the teaser, was the, the trailer, the one that comes after the teaser, and I chose not to watch the second teaser trailer thing that came out for the Force Awakens. So the first one. We had a podcast about it. We talked about it. I don't regret that. I wanted to see it because yeah, I'm excited about it and it was cool, but that was it because they did a pretty good job with that first teaser of not giving away too much. And like I said on uh podcast where we talked about it, at one point, one of the characters, one, one of the actors, the major actors in the movie is revealed and like, oh, I know that actor. And I had forgotten that they were in The Force Awakens. Like I had, I had read casting news years in advance, uh, but while watching the movie when that person appeared on the screen, I'm like, oh, yeah, that person is in this movie. So right. being old also helps, right? No, but it helps I, so much, yeah. yeah. But but I feel like for The Force Awakens, my enjoyment of that movie, not having scenes, events, combinations of characters and ships and stuff and jokes, like everything was fresh. So that was my, I think that, that I hold up as my most successful balancing act of how much do you want to know before and how much do you want to know after because I knew almost nothing, but I still got to enjoy the teaser trailer and they made a teaser trailer that that allowed me to get excited about the movie and see a little bit about it and sort of you know make that part of the enjoyment of watching the movie not just the movie itself but the lead up to it but I avoided the second one and after of course after I watched the movie I went and watched the second one and the second one is great it's a great trailer but I'm so glad I didn't see it like and so for episode eight uh my plan is the same like I mean they they released a teaser or whatever mm-hmm. That I watched.
1: I didn't see right? now that one. Like, why would you tell me the name of that? Why? What the teaser? I mean, I told you when my my daughter and I were in the theater. Like, from the second I could figure out that it was about to be a trailer for that, the teaser. Like, mm-hmm. I stuck my thumbs into my ears. I put my index fingers a- a- over my eyes, and I went. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I did that for I did that for the Force Awakens trailer like three times because we went with the, with the whole family. We went to see movies three <laughs> times at least, and all three times I did that in the theater like you know hands over the ears humming eyes closed yeah. until it was over and it, it was successful like no no part of it which is harder than you think because you think like you're doing that but at the same time there's some part of your brain that is straining as hard as it can to listen to and make you know make sense out of like the noises and dialogue right so it's actually harder than you think to not allow any information into your brain but I did it three times <sighs>
1: Well, then sometimes uh, just for the sake of argument, you get advice from a friend that like to avoid a trailer because in that person's opinion, who might have worked on the movie, they let fly more than that person might like in the trailer.
0: Yeah. And and I might not agree with that, but like you just have to you have to make that call. Because again, it depends on like, do you do you derive enjoyment from the trailers? And I definitely do. I love trail. I love a good trailer. Me too. I want to be excited about a thing upcoming I just don't want it to be spoiled. So it's it's actually easier in some ways to do the true full media blackout, which is like, I don't have to make any decisions about this. All I have to do is like construct my walls, like set up my Twitter filters and my email filters and everything else. And I have a lot of those filters set up and they were successful as Force Awakens. No part of that movie was ruined for me. I don't know if I'll ever duplicate that.
1: Well, that's that's where we get into my I have to wa dear you on some specific, specifics of this because you will frequently point out to me when I tell you how frustrated I am, I text you about how frustrated I am that I just just got something got through my full media blackout, and you always say something like my filters aren't or my whatevers aren't locked down hard enough. So I, I do have questions for you on how you handle some of the odd cases.
0: Yeah, it's easier, like for example, if I had decided to do a full media blackout on cars, which I didn't, like again I got that spoiled inadvertently, right? Cars you're gonna put you're gonna put a filter on car and right. cars and all various misspellings thereof. That is going to blank out a lot of stuff, especially for you. Yeah, sure. And and you know you no, have I mean, to do all. I mean, you enjoy all... automobiles. You got pictures of it on your Instagram. Like you almost had a podcast about cars. Because then you have to blank out Pixar and Lightning McQueen and all the characters and all misspellings and abbreviations of all of them. It's just it's a lot of work. My Star Wars filters are pretty extensive, uh, <laughs> and you just end up like i don't here's the thing i don't even know what i'm missing sometimes i see like it, you know an incoherent message that doesn't make sense and i'm like oh i must have missed the intervening reading ones but you don't want it to make it show thread because i think when you do show thread it ignores your filters and sometimes i just do muffles on things um I, and for a lot of my things that are related to star wars i do muffles and uh it, you know, muffles Twitter in, in twitterific lets you See that there was a tweet here that matched one of your filters, but it doesn't show you anything about the tweet. But if you tap on it, it will expand it. And the only thing I do that for is there's a Twitter account called Star Wars Comparison. I don't know what the actual Twitter handle is. That all does is tweet comparison screenshots of like special edition versus original theatrical release and stuff. Right. It's a great Twitter account if you're into that type of thing. But obviously, that Twitter account runs afoul of like all my filters, right? But I expand those because I have some confidence that after seeing the posting history of the Star Wars comparison that all it ever does is post comparison pictures of old Star Wars versus new. Right. Um so so I I'm currently expanding those uh when they appear, despite the fact that they are muffled in my timeline, you know, pretty routinely to, you know, because I want to see the Star Wars comparison, right? I could run a Falva. They could Star Wars comparison. Could one day just tweet something that says, "Oh, and also look at this comparison of this screenshot from the Episode Eight trailer and the original thing. Isn't that funny?" And now I've just you know spoiled something for myself. But I have some faith that that's not going to happen. But
1: I just I knew that um, I have some regex, some like basically heisted regex filters
0: in Tweetbot. But
1: it looks like Twitterific does that too. Do you do regex?
0: I don't. Like I don't I'm I'm very fluent in regular expressions. <laughs> I figured, but, but um. <laughs> I go for the simpler approach because I don't want regular expressions like any programming thing, you need to be able to test it, sort of test it on a corpus. And I don't have enough confidence in my knowledge of how Twitter regular expressions are working. Um I barely have the confidence in how substring matching is working. So I just stick to the simplest thing and I just do tons and tons of filters with single or double words, with and without hyphens, with and without spaces misspelled and all the and abbreviated in all the common ways. And just, every time I think of a new one, I just add it on.
1: I don't even remember what most of these do. <laughs> somebody had a repository, not somebody, I forget who it was, but there's a pretty good repository of um, regular expressions for Tweetbot. And, and some of these I think are like, don't show me things that have more than four, don't, don't you know? keep me out of canoes, that kind of thing. Uh, I, what is this? Tell me what this means. I don't know what this means. But so, so for you though, it's a more human problem. You treat it in a more human way.
0: Well, let me look at your regular expression here. You, uh, well, I don't know what the little hash mark, I think it's supposed to be a hashtag, so it's probably a literal, and it's saying a, a hashtag that begins with a letter and is followed by 15 or more, 15 or more other characters. So that's
1: don't give me saying. any hashtags that are more than 15 characters long. Yep. That's a good and one.
0: Begin, and begin with a, a, a letter, a letter A to Z, A to Z. So if there was a hashtag that began with a numeral, this would not match it.
1: Oh, that's how they get you.
0: Hmm. And depending on how this is where the regular expression engine thinks, depending on how, you know, the regular expression engine works. So when you see A hyphen Z and A hyphen Z, does that include all like the, you know, the little C with a little S hanging down from it and the E with the accent on top and Mm -hmm. all that other stuff? It depends on how the regular expression engine Mm -hmm. works. It could just include literally ASCII capital A through ASCII capital Z and ASCII lowercase a through ASCII lower Z, right? Mm-hmm. Or it could include all those other weird characters because it could be like, you know, Unicode normalized, blah, 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 blah. And you, d- and you don't know.
1: It used to be easier because there was less less stuff that got landed upon you. Like, you know, as Michael Lop famously said a million years ago, the great thing about Twitter is you don't have to see anything you don't want to see. Like if you don't want to follow anybody anymore, you just, you know, you stop mm, yeah, following them. People,
0: people, that's... The people RT them and then you have to block them so you don't see the RTs and it all depends on your client. It's not as clean as it used to be, but yeah, I get I get your meaning.
1: Oh god, the political people. Uh, so uh so that's interesting. You don't do that.
0: But no, I, I don't I don't do it because I'm uh because the, the a lot of this is client side. Yeah. And I'm not intimately familiar with the with the client-side implementation of regular expressions and, you know, whatever. And so I just don't want to mess with it. I I stick with dumb, easy things. And it's easy for me to look at my list of filters and, and not have to go through and mentally parse them. And so when I go delete them, it's, you know, I can find them easily. Yada, yada, yada.
1: This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for ingredients, and they're building a community of home chefs. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals in about 40 minutes or less. It's really true. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients. And by shipping the exact amount of each ingredient required for the recipe, Blue Apron is reducing food waste. Good for you, Blue Apron. Nobody likes food waste. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. My family loves Blue Apron. We love cooking together. And as I've said before, it's pretty amazing. There are foods that my daughter would never try unless she had helped to make it. This is a fun community event for us. We really love it. Now here's the deal with Blue Apron. You can choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. You'll be able to cook meals like seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers. Mm. Creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles and sweet potato wedges. God, that's fun to say. Fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn and cubanelle pepper or chili butter sticks with parmesan potatoes and spinach Jesus, These are fun to say. There's no weekly commitment. You only get deliveries when you want them. So please go and you go check out this week's menu. And guess what? Hey, check it out. Get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping. Nothing wrong with that. You just go to blueapron.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Get started today. You go to blueapron.com slash diffs. Our thanks to Blue Apron for supporting Reconcilable Differences and Olive Relay FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, so diagnose me. What am I doing wrong? I was I was bitching to you about this, I don't know, a month or two ago, something where, um, so Google News, which I still look at, it tries to be helpful. And so it'll say things like, are you still interested in Doctor Who? Like, here's the thing about Doctor Who. You know, frequently will be something like, are you still interested in Sean Spicer? And I say, gosh, no, uh, that was just something I searched for. No, but like sometimes it'll just go bloop, and it'll go like, hey, you know, shot, you know, here's some shots from the set of like ah, and it's already like, now what did I do wrong there? What am I? Should I just not be using Google News?
0: Yeah, don't use Google News. Period. All right. Like, don't don't go to any news source. Don't go to the <laughs> CNN homepage. <laughs> That's just don't good go advice. to the New York Times homepage. Good don't advice. go anywhere. All right. right. All right. Um, and so this, I mean, if again, if if your goal is to su- to successfully avoid spoilers, the technique I use is allow things to come to you. So use Twitter for that. So assume Mm -hmm. that your friends are going to tweet links to the interesting New York Times story. You don't have to go to the New York Times homepage and scroll through the technology section or the politics section or the whatever, right? Allow other people to find the interesting stuff and send them to you. Unfollow people who you know are going to be like excitedly posting things about, uh, you know, some movie that you're going to spoil or just mute them or whatever. Twitter is my funnel, right? Everything comes in there and I put filters on that funnel and I try to avoid any other inputs i don't watch commercials on television you know we already talked about the holding your ears and humming in the movie theaters Mm -hmm. like don't allow inputs from any other source that could potentially contain these kinds of spoilers in general you may find it less stressful to stop consuming news sources that's the funny part then is when you flip over to like
1: then it just becomes stressful with how much you're like stressed out about like you know it's like they say you can't prove a negative it's like if you're if you spend most of your time Hoping something doesn't happen and waiting for it to not happen, like that's very stressful too.
0: Well, I mean, you just you gotta just gotta relax about it. You gotta like set up your filters and have confidence in it and just be careful. It, the the art of scanning Twitter and immediately stopping looking at something after your brain has successfully processed that it's something Star Wars related, but before your brain has read it. Mm-hmm. I've done that before. I, I avoided. Uh, force awakens spoilers that my eyes saw and said this is a star wars thing and then i quickly moved my eyes up on my phone and scrolled so that went off the screen and was never actually able to read it did my unconscious mind read it? i don't know but whatever you know i don't i don't want i don't want to overthink it the whole point is sometimes that happens sometimes you'll get two words into a sentence and realize this is going to be talking about star wars scroll down Go whatever two words you read that led you to believe it's going to be turning into Star Wars. Add that to your filters, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you know, it's, a lot of it's just dumb luck. Like I didn't think Cars Three was going to be spoiled for me while I was reading the tweet that was about to spoil it. Uh, it, you know, it comes right. at you obliquely. It, it tricked me into reading it, and so I I may not be successful for you know Episode Eight, but here's the thing: like because I was successful in Episode Seven, like I feel like I can I can coast on that for. For many decades, and just be satisfied, right? <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't like eight to be spoiled, but seven was so much more important because of like, oh, the sure. big break and, and the prequels. Like yeah. it was the big. You know, whereas I almost watched the the trailer for eight. I was like, you know what? Seven was the big was the big game, right? This is everything after that is like, well, I already know the characters and blah blah. But in, in the end, I didn't do it either. But seven was so important to me. Like that that victory like keeps me warm at night, right? And makes me stress less about these type of things. Have you had a thing where you success feel like you've been successful? Like you didn't want to know anything about it and you successfully avoided knowing things about it and then you watched it and enjoyed it and then you went back and looked at the trailers like, oh my God, that would have spoiled these, my favorite three scenes that I was just so lucky to see for the first time fresh.
1: Yeah, honestly, I feel like I did pretty well with with Baby Driver um, where was, to the point where when I made a lame joke based on the title, it wasn't funny because I didn't r- realize that like it wouldn't be that funny if I'd seen the you movie. You said too much. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, like, <laughs> I still,
0: I still don't know anything about Baby Driver. I keep, here's what I keep thinking of: Baby no, you, Driver you keeps like coming it. up. You don't like it. You, do you like Edgar Wright movies? I do, but do you know? Do you know the uh, the Baby Boss movie? Like it's a CG oh, movie. Oh my like, god! Right. Every yes. time I hear Baby Driver, I just think it's a CG movie where a baby drives a car. Like and don't, I don't, <sighs> don't tell me anything else about it because I'm that's a perfectly good image in my head, which surely can't be. It's not a CG movie. I'm assuming yeah. be, because I saw the stupid poster. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I've got in my head. So it's like, yeah, I won't say anymore. uh,
1: but no, I I feel like I did pretty well with it. I mean, apart from Fandango letting me know, basically I saw three cast members that, you know what, this is all small potatoes and white wines Mm -hmm. title. This is all stuff that, you know, it's not, it's not a huge deal. This is not like a a big deal, but like, this is the reason this is big for me. So obviously we see why episode seven was big for you. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, QED. We know why that Mm -hmm. is. It's just that for me, like I am, I am like. We've talked about this so many times on here. Um, the idea that like for me, there's the experience I have of watching the movie in the theater and like, did I enjoy it while I was watching it? Like, how do I feel when the movie ends and I'm walking out and mm, that was good. But like the real test in some ways, the longevity is like, I, do I think about it and do I then want to rewatch it? And if I rewatch it, do I still get stuff out of it? And I just, those all like with Edgar Wright movies, I, all those get hit right out of the park. He is just right in my wheelhouse He's way too clever for his own good, and I love it. He sweats every little detail. So I've been obsessed with Edgar Wright, I don't know, for like a year. Just pretty much obsessed with his movies, and I think about them constantly. I think about Scott Pilgrim a lot. Like, I think about Hot Fuzz all the time. I think about that uh, Tony Shue Every Frame of Painting on Edgar Wright, like pretty much every day. I think about it constantly. So this was an event for me. Why? Because it's my first big boy Edgar Wright movie in a theater, and so I I go full media blackout. And I think I did pretty well. Um, you know, would it have killed, did it kill me to know that these three people were in the movie? No, it's okay. But I would have liked it even more if I didn't. But no, it went fine. It was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm still thinking about it. This, you know what? This is a rare one. This is a rare one where, to use a, a favorite phrase of mine, I merely loved it in the theater. <laughs> but I can tell it's going to stick with me because I keep thinking about it a lot having seen it. And I'm already overselling it and spoiling it probably, but like that, that's a big deal for me. So, like, I feel like this was, has been a very successful one. It's, I would not recommend this strategy for a surpassingly large number of things, just personally, because I think you will lose your mind. But there is something satisfying. I, I told you this story before, but like, there's this feeling that I want to replicate. I'm, if I'm chasing the dragon about anything, it's whatever day it was in. 1982, 1981 when I snuck out of bed in like ninth grade or whatever it was, I don't remember point is, my parents had gone, my mom and my stepfather were asleep, I went out I turned on the TV, right as at least in my memory, right as Escape from New York was coming on, I did not know anything about Escape from New York apart from the title, but it came on and I sat there, you can remember, like I'm a 13, 14 year old kid, utterly riveted it's not a very good movie, except it is kind of a good movie, utterly riveted and if I had known anything about that movie, I would not have enjoyed it nearly as much. I got to discover that on my own. I got to watch it, be a bad boy, watch it in the dark, with you know, doing, you know, kind of being sneaky about it. And I devoured every cubic inch of that movie, not knowing anything going in. And I discovered that day. I mean, you know, all through your childhood, you see stuff you don't know about. But in that case, I was like, damn, this is good. This is so up my alley. There's there's a guy with a, a patch and shurikens and like oh my God. And like that, that's the dragon that I am chasing is that feeling of like how thrilling it is to encounter something that at that time becomes one of your favorite special things. And you don't know anything about it. And you get to feel like you've just unearthed this treasure that no one has ever seen. And that sounds mental for a 50 year old man to do, but that's still such a special feeling that like, there are a handful of things that I will do that for.
0: Yeah. I remember that. Like it's, we have the same uh, memories because of the, the sort of the surrounding technology was the same. Like you had to sneak out of your bedroom because there was no TV there and you, you had to go to the television and watch whatever was on because there was no DVRs or on-demand or Netflix or internet or any of those things, right? And the current day incarnation of it, that I suppose, is probably like sneaking your iPad under your covers, right? Yeah. And, you know, illicitly watching it or whatever. But it's it's the same basic thing. Like a couple of movies that I recall that fall with that genre, I think Escaping from New York might have been one of them. Well, I think I was older when I saw that. I think like w- well after... It, you know it wasn't current anymore, mm-hmm. but time bandits I caught randomly <laughs> on television, and I was like what what is this movie? what is this? This is
1: so strange yeah.
0: right um, and I also caught the terrible hacked up version of Nausicaä and still loved it because it's the first time I think it's the first studio Ghibli thing I've ever seen. oh wow. was this Warriors, Warriors of the Wind, which was like an Americanized edited, chopped up piece of crap. Adaptation, quote unquote, of Nausicaa. Part of what caused Studio Ghibli for its future distribution deal to say, "Okay, Disney, you can distribute our movies, but you cannot modify a single frame of the video. You can put different audio over it and have different people talk, but you cannot modify the video at all because we don't want another Warriors of the Wind situation." But anyway, even in the form that it was in Warriors of the Wind, I could tell it was something special, and I became obsessed with it. And that's 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 the best. That's the this discovery. Like Girl with All the Gifts wasn't like Time banned. It's Like not you know. Didn't blow my mind. I'm an old, jaded man, but
1: but you know, this, the, the what you're describing though can be true even for something that is, I will say, merely pleasant. Like there's still something special about, like I don't know, like it could be you're just flipping around. This is a very '90s kind of thing to happen, where you just come across a movie from the last 60 years of film that you didn't know anything about, and you're like, wow, this is this is better than I expected. You know what I mean? And it's like it doesn't have to be the greatest thing you've ever seen, but it still feels special. To catch that. that sounds corny, but it feels special to watch something where you don't know anything about it, and and get a chance to like discover it yourself. It's it's such a good feeling.
0: Yeah, and I bet for yeah, I'm trying to think of what the current analogs for it. it's probably like discovering a YouTube channel because it's difficult. I think it's more difficult now. To. I reruns, comedy reruns, I bet. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people still
1: like this. Like my, my daughter, <laughs> we were in a hotel over the weekend. And of course, we watch such crap TV when we're in a hotel room. And, and But Who's Land, the new and current Whose Line Is It Anyway came on. And it's pretty salty. It's pretty ribbled. My daughter loved it. She loved it. And like that's all she wants to watch now. And it's a little bit, we watched some of the old ones from the 90s, which I do not remember how ribbled they were. There's a lot of sexy stuff in it. But, like, that's a thrill. Like, that for her now, like, that's, like, with her and Monty Python, like, she just wants to watch Monty Python videos, like, all the time. And I, I love that. I love that she gets to, like, experience, like, the cheese shop for the first time. John, we probably have time for, uh, I think we have time for another topic, but uh, can I share something with you? Sure. You know what they say on the internet? You ready to feel old?
0: Oh, goodness.
1: Yeah. Go for it. Reconcilable Differences, episode number 30, Captain in the Living Room, July 14th, 2016 a year ago next week as we record this. Uh, This week kicks off with Merlin ranting about his mixed feelings about spoiler warnings. And as usual, John assumes the role of good cop on the audience's behalf. We've been doing that for a year at least. Then there's some discussion of how John has been gently introducing Merlin to his favorite anime films. Note, audience homework to watch the film Millennium Actress for future discussion is assigned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh Happy anniversary, sweetie. We gotta make it happen. This is gonna happen. You know what? I'm I am putting I'm putting my 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 sword in the stone. By the time we record the next episode, I <laughs> By will... next
0: year next year this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's on I the calendar this. for next year.
1: I owe this to you. I, I, the, I saw the first few minutes. It, it, it looks really ambitious. There's like a girl in a spaceship, and she's like an astronaut. It looks
0: really See, ambitious. I've already, I've already like moved on from that before. basically, like, like that. That obviously, the movie didn't grab you. And so that even if you do watch it, it'll just be out of like some uh, misguided sense of duty. And uh, I'm or- I've already gone through the sadness of I the know. fact that this, this movie didn't grab you.
1: We've got to, at uh, according to our listeners, we've got to get to The Leftovers sometime soon. I ask you for a little extra time to uh, cause I like, to cram. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, though. This kind of goes to our next topic, uh, going down third paragraph. Main topic can be roughly called My Part of the Couch. That was a year ago, John. My Part of the Couch was a year ago. that sounds about right that doesn't make me feel old I don't know man summers summers start happening faster it's like the new Christmas more specifically why are your hosts so piqued about how hard it is to have nice things Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) how hard is it to put your phone just any place besides John's exactly iPhone 6 size spot on the mantle
0: iPhone 7 same size convenient
1: Mm, mm. was Mike right I don't remember do you have a plus I do not Mm, I do
0: you have a plus? now.
1: I didn't know that. I You're cannot. you
0: all new holes in your jeans. Oh, everything's
1: changed. It's a whole new world. I cannot even tell you how easily I slipped in to this sexy, sexy phone. I thought it was going to be impossibly large.
0: You got and big pockets. I do. You're sweet to city say so. Big, city of big pockets is what they call your lap. That's what they
1: call it. That's right. Uh, Paris. I uh, When I pick up my daughter's um, iPod Touch, it's, it's comical. It seems so funny to me. It's like, this is adorable. This looks like a little like a James Bond phone. It's so cute, <laughs> but that brings us possibly if you if you have we can do a shorty on this. So <laughs> I can't decide. These are very related things that need to leave our house and or a redux on liking things to be a certain
0: way. You pick. I think we need to do things that need to leave our house. Because I think it'll be shorter.
1: It's a big topic. Oh, by the way, my wife's probably going to follow you back on Twitter. She was she wasn't sure what to do about it. I
0: don't. I was trying. I was listening to that episode recently. I'm like, did I ever follow you? Did her? you did And apparently, I couldn't of, remember what her Twitter handle was because you didn't. Like, she just, you didn't say it in the episode. No, lots just, like, more people
1: are following her now, thanks to me. Even though I didn't mention her name, it's super creepy. Um, things that need to leave our house. What is the connection to this? This is related to lots of previous topics. This is related to stockpiling milk and toilet paper probably uh it's certainly related to getting rid of boxes that'll be a big one for me. What are the things that need to leave your house and why?
0: This is kind of part of the uh like the flow diagram of of our life as now older people, like if, if your younger people are listening, like maybe you're, you know, you you're in high school or you're going to go off to college or you're in college or you're going to like start your life as an independent person, like the it's kind of like in, in parenting, like the flow diagram of parenting that I've talked about a few times, so like you have a baby and the flow diagram is do what needs to be done for the baby. The baby has needs. Again, with the crying, you don't know why or whatever. The whole point is like you need to do whatever needs to be done. The baby needs to be fed, needs to be changed, just too hot, too cold, All like everything is about serving the baby. And then at some point, the flow diagram reverses and you have to start teaching the no longer a baby to do things for itself and you need to stop being the servant of the baby and, you know, reverse that flow. Right. So in, in, uh, in things in a house, when you're, when you're starting your life, getting your first apartment or your first dorm room or whatever, like there is, and from childhood, there is this flow of you start off with nothing and you acquire things. You get money. You You get things. Yeah, you get you get toys. You get a job. You put posters in your room. You have clothes. You have you know furniture. You get your first apartment. Then all of a sudden you need to buy plates and dishes and cups and, and silverware and cookware and maybe appliances and furniture and a bed and a toilet scrub brush and you just the flow diagram is you keep acquiring things and then you you move into a bigger apartment or you get a house or you get married and you have a wedding registry and you get stuff and you buy a car and then you have a kid and you got everything you need to get for the kid and all the diaper stuff and the changing table and the furniture for their room and, and like the flow diagram is stuff comes in and at a certain point in your life you need to start reversing that flow diagram for example if you have one or more babies and they become toddlers and children, or teens or whatever. And you decided you're not going to have any more babies. Why do you have all this baby stuff? The baby stuff needs to leave your house. And if you, don't- I
1: love the way you're putting this because it's reminding me. The, the the what really grabbed me was the like reversing the process where it's like in in Titanic when they have to call down in the engine room and they're like, no, 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 change everything. Like, go hard left. And like, it's, that's not there's not actually just a wheel you hit that like turns the boat. Like, when, you, when you're sending down your orders, I love that bit in the Titanic movie, where it's like, no, 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 to do that, that means this side over here has to do a lot more fuel. This side has to do a lot less fuel. And that's how we affect. But you're moving a very large boat with a very tiny wheel, which is actually just executing orders that are going to take a lot of work
0: yeah and you're trying to reverse the flow. It's not as if it's like a switch where it was you, you know spaceball's power's gone from suck to blow like you it's it's hard to start reversing <laughs> the, you, you know the net flow of things is probably still gonna be in, but if you don't think about this, you'd be like, well, we put the baby stuff away when the baby stopped being a baby mm-hmm. and maybe you're thinking, we'll take it out again when we have our second baby, but at a certain point, both your kids are teenagers, and you're like, and you know we're not having another baby, right It's like, yeah, we all agree we're not having another baby. Uh, we 're looking at colleges for our kids. Why do we have baby stuff All right? You normally you don't reach that point, but you, you have to reverse the flow when you start reversing the flow a little bit, you realize how much stuff you have mm-hmm. that is in your house that came in, and you know you're still bringing in new things for the kids, like even just you know the kids have baby toys, then they have toddler toys then they are interested in cars or my little pony or adventure time, and you get a bunch of crap related to that, and then they we're into Legos and you get tons and tons of Legos like Stuff comes in.
1: Oh, the mini missiles. And the kids, the kids, get,
0: the kids keep growing, and they need new clothes and new shoes. And what happens to the old shoes? So you need to uh, start having, and that's for that's just kids. Like so you have no kids, even just for your own stuff, right. you need to make stuff leave your house. And mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, if you're not careful, that you get behind, you're behind behind the eight ball, behind the the hoarder's eight ball, like where. You know things have to leave your house. And, you don't, you don't even, and you're not
1: even aware. You're, until you've really set your mind to it, you're not even aware of how bad it is until you actually go and look and go like, oh my God, we have like 16 pairs of old New Balance. Like what, is, how do we, how do we turn this?
0: Right, and you think it's like, oh, making things leave the house, that's easy. That's the easiest thing in the world. Like, buying things is hard, right? and, and these, these days it's the opposite. Buying things is easy. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you're excited to do it. You go on the internet, you click five buttons, a box arrives at your house, right? Yep, yep, yep Getting yep. rid of things is difficult. First of all, lots of things you just can't throw away because of the rules about throwing things away, with good reason, right? Uh, but second, there's tons of them that, that we as enlightened uh, liberal elites don't want to throw away. We're like this is still good. We need to donate it, uh, or you know, <laughs> give it to people, or like free cycle it, or like you know, we we want other people to have it. We it's like it's a waste to throw this away. And guess what? Free cycling things, or donating them, or anything like that. That takes a lot of work because you have to sort it, you have to organize it, you have to box it, you have to label, it, you have to call the charity people, you have to have them pick the thing up, and you're like, you do that with with three little boxes of things. You're like, wow, this was a hundred times harder than buying all that crap, and it's, it's true. not as it's exciting true. as getting new things, right? Um, and so there are so many things in our house. When I look around our house, all I can see are things that need to leave our, I mean, our, our house. Our attic, our basement is just filled with things that need to leave our house. Like if if I if it was up to me and I lived by myself, I would be sad and lonely, but Mm-hmm. I would have way less stuff and the house and and most of the surfaces of our house would be empty and it would look more like uh, an Apple showroom or museum and less like <laughs> the giant thing of chaos that, that it is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, not, not that I would choose that, no. but I feel, I feel acutely the idea that things have to leave, but I also understand the work involved in making things leave.
1: And the dependencies, the dependencies, like, first of all, I'm, I totally feel you on the whole, like, this is an old bit for me from the 43 folders days is like, if you're really trying to declutter, like make sure, I mean, I have to say for myself and I think for a lot of people that like, I want to be a good person thing is, is death to getting rid of things because that slows you way down. I know I'm killing the environment, but like all the things like, you know what? Nobody wants your socks. Nobody cares. Like your TV, like your like CRT TV. Like nobody, nobody wants that. But like, so the,
0: the CRTs are the things that like you, you agree that no one wants them. You still need to find a way to get rid of them. That takes work to who will take my right. hazardous waste filled with lead and sometimes you have to pay right. money. To oh s- no, we've got, we've got so
1: much stuff in our house that like there's stuff in the garage from before we moved in and I just don't want to call the guy. I don't know. I don't know who you call to get rid of old paint and stuff like that. I'm sure I could look it up fairly easily, but like yeah, it, I just
0: drink it. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. It just feels like such a big wad. Of blah, it's really hard to get like a foothold into doing anything with it. And it's easier to let it accumulate. But also also to stack on your other point, I mean, the nice side, it is nice for something like whatever, an Amazon or whatever, to be able to, to bring stuff right out to your house. I am frankly shocked and embarrassed by how many cardboard boxes we have. And I even am pretty good about cutting them up. But even like taking them out, I feel, I feel embarrassed. Like my daughter's new, uh, we had to get her a new Harry Potter uh, wizard robe. I uh, had to for camp and, uh, and, uh, and then that comes in a big box. Now what are you going to do with the big box? Now you got to get rid of that. And then pretty soon you're right. I mean, hoarder is a strong word, but there's, there's just this sense of like breaking out of that cycle is hard, especially once you start thinking about anything other than calling a bunch of burly guys that just make it go away. You basically do a hit job on your old life. You've got to just say, you know what I mean? It's like, you got to do a Soprano style situation. Just say, look, everything in these bags, take them away right and the thing is they're probably going to pick through it which is really gross and figure out what they can sell and what they can recycle like they will do that you know probably mostly but it's emotionally difficult so what are the so give me give me some examples
0: well i my my attic is filled with a bunch of crap Tons of it is my stuff i have all that your boxes your
1: computers
0: yep yeah like almost every electronic thing i've ever purchased uh in its original box is up there somewhere well not uh, I did do a cleaning thing last year where I took out maybe 50, 50 boxes of stuff. Like 50, 50 what-sized boxes? All sorts of sizes. None of the really, really big ones, to be fair. But lots of things that are, say, the size of a shoe box. And I did all of them the right way separating the styrofoam from the cardboard collapsing the cardboard into the recycling pile putting the styrofoam into the garbage pile separating out the hazardous electronics like you know bringing them all you know garbage into the garbage recycling to the recycling i think it was around the same time i also got rid of my old lawnmower like that going to the place that takes lawnmowers like just it was a tremendous amount of effort and after doing it like you know how many bags of stuff that I bring down, and how many boxes that I break down, how much sort. And then I looked, I looked into the attic, and like y- you couldn't tell that anything had happened. And oh, that was no. depressing because it's like all this time and all this work. You're like, surely there will be a big empty spot on the floor now. Like, nope, nope, It doesn't even look like you made a dent. It doesn't look like anything happened. And so I have a lot of things. Like, I don't want it, the thing you're saying, like being ruthless and just going. That's how you end up with with a rock and roll t shirt regret, which I know you have.
1: i bad. And you are yeah. a
0: cautionary tale for all of us. And I that, I. I would never do that. I will never do the brutal thing where I just because I know everything that's in there and I have feelings about it. And that doesn't mean I won't make the hard choices. I got rid of a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, it might be fun to still have that or that could be a component of these old computers that someday I might actually look at if all the capacitors haven't exploded, which they surely will have. But, you know, I, I got rid of a lot of stuff, right? But yeah. I made those choices. Not just like I can't allow my brain to consider these items, so just jam it in the bag and forget about it, and then have thirty years of regret about a rock and roll T-shirt. Like that's you should retell that story so people won't let this happen to them. You know, it could be that your existence is just to serve as a example for others. We went
1: through. We um we read a wonderful book. I, I read and then encouraged my wife to read uh, a wonderful book called "It's All Too Much." Um, which is basically about decluttering, but it's decluttering at a very emotional level. Like it's it's I've talked about this a lot in the past, talking about forty three folders, but the 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 nut of it is that like you've got all this stuff that like you have you've got to get rid of. You're hanging on to it for usually very emotional reasons. Long story short, this is a couple years before my daughter was born. She wasn't even on the scene yet. But we were like, Oh, there's just too much stuff. It's not fun. Like there's You know, that sense of when you first move into a house and you've only taken out the stuff that you really, you know, have or need, but like, you're like, oh, this is like, how fun is it the first time you have a meal in your new house with your little table? And like, that's so exciting. That's such a nice feeling. But like, I feel like we get to a point where like the edges as a consuming American, like the walls start moving in. There's less and less space. There's more and more like now I'm now I'm rearranging things in order to be able to even get to where I can throw things away. So we both read this book and we committed to the full purge which is like we're going to get rid of everything and you know that's that's not making us have the life that we would like to have and i made myself push further than i was comfortable with and that was the only way we got it done so 95% amazeballs it was incredible we paid the dude with the pickup truck to come and just take stuff away and it felt great after a day of of like putting things in bags you know one great tip just buy contractor bags big contractor bags and all that stuff, all those little precious things, after a day of that, you're going to be like, yep, gone, donezo, boom. And like over 90% total success. But like two things that suck is I did, I threw away 30 years of rock and roll shirts and that hurt my heart. The other one is that we had taken all, because we're big bag people. We had lots of bags, Timbuk, vintage Timbuktu bags, awesome bags, um, like really nice, hundreds of dollars in amazing bags that we had dropped into a black contractor bag, that got taken away too, and that hurts. I there's still three bags from that that I miss a couple times a week. Yeah, but like all the t the shirts and that that's the one. So obviously, the bags were a mistake. The shirts, the rock and roll shirts, that's the one. That's the only one that still hurts my heart. We're like, oh, I really wish I still had that Archers of low shirt. I that that was a good shirt. Yeah. But that the only way you find out, you know, this is. I mean, I'm not an athlete, as you know, but like, you know, the whole like uh, whatever it is, pain is fear leaving your body or whatever that BS is. Like, in order to do the purge, you have to regret something afterward, or it wasn't a good purge. If you don't regret anything, you didn't push far enough.
0: I disagree. Okay, I think you can do the purge successfully and be ruthless and get rid of lots of stuff, but don't accidentally get rid of. Does
1: everybody need to feel that way?
0: I, I I don't I don't think you need to go over. The the limit. I think you just need. Can to, you
1: be honest? Could you could your family all be honest with each other about what got removed? Like all all the little relationships on that network diagram. Everybody knows what everybody else threw away. You've been honest with each other. Nobody feels bad.
0: Uh, as long as the I mean, it's, you have to be able to make the choices about your stuff. I would never choose which of my wife's stuff to throw out. She wouldn't choose which of my stuff to throw out. The kids, well, the kids. Guess what? Your parents choose a lot of the stuff you throw that's, out. That's my,
1: what I'm saying. My, my God is very attached my, to things.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, like, I mean, my parents threw out tons of stuff. Like, that's just part of being a kid. Like, I don't, I don't feel bad about that at all. But what I'm saying is that you don't need to throw out your rock and roll t-shirts because you're an adult, and that was just, you know, live and learn, right? Mm, yeah. And so, like, don't, like, don't feel like, you know, don't get caught up in the cult of decluttering and be like, I, I want to serve the cult because I want to just want to be loved. I'm gonna do a mm. really great job of purging. <laughs> I'm gonna purge so much. I'm gonna purge till it hurts, and then spend the next several decades of your life going, I miss those t-shirts. Like, that's too far. Like you just got to I
1: up. guess I don't know, man. Like when you, it becomes very trance-like in some ways. Like once you've done it, because like on the one hand, here's you. Here's you a week ago. It's like ah, like ah, like nothing down here can change. And I, again, I want to underscore, like even if you're not all quote unquote hoarder. I don't love that term, but even if somebody has more stuff than you'd like, like here is a problem that that look, according to Hoyle, hoarders run into is they never realize when they cross to cross the line to where it's now difficult to throw things away. Maybe because of health, maybe because there's just too much stuff. But like when you've got, it's like living on a boat, like you're going to have to move something to move something to move something. You're living on a floating tile puzzle. And like that's when you're in that situation in a, in a large American home, that's, that's no good. All I'm saying is like you go into that, you know, as the Padawan going like, I don't know if I can throw away my precious boxes. That's a good box. But then like a week later, you're like, yes, give me more things to get out of my life. I've never felt so free. So I do regret it, but I regret it within normal parameters.
0: Yeah. You know, it's true that it does feel good in the moment. You just got to like, I'm a big fan of doing it in passes. Right. So obviously you do the easy stuff. Right. I totally don't want this. Get rid of it. And then you you keep going down. But like, if there's something that you can't bring yourself to get rid of. Yeah. What I found successful very often is, all right leave it in the house for another year. Next year, look at it again. Because then you'll have a clearer picture. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you you gave yourself a thing of, like, leave it in the house for the morning. And you look at it next year and you're like, it's usually clear to me on a second pass, whether it's a year, a month, or a week, like some sort of waiting period where you're like, you know what? No, forget it. Get rid of that. Or like, boy, I'm glad I didn't throw that out when I was in the trance. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it, yes, it, yes. sometimes it takes several take several passes at it and it will it will become clear to you. Do you really care about this thing? Have you thought about it at all since the last pass you made at it? Or have you not thought about it? And like, it'll give you, it'll give you the confidence to know that even though you think you want it now, you're never going to think about that again. And it doesn't, doesn't bring you anything. And so just get rid of it versus like, boy, I'm, I'm glad it didn't get rid of this thing. Cause I look at it now and it gives me warm fuzzies and it's not actually that big. And in the grand scheme of things, like, I mean, you got, it's like uh, free up space on your disk where you see mm-hmm. that big, uh, diagram of what's taking up space. Don't spend your time, you know, getting rid of these little tiny little tiny triangles
1: ah, i don't know man opening up daisy disc daisy disc gives me a lot of joy Ooh, it feels good to get rid of the big things
0: oh, i know that's what i'm saying you you don't look at the little things you're like i'm ignoring oh, no, no. a bunch of crap right. over there look at this gigantic like I, I could spend all day sifting through these tiny little single pixel blocks no I no no take, in X, take me application you know?
1: support mobile yeah, just, no, just yeah. like
0: what what is this giant thing I here? Know. like and you just get rid of that rid of that one giant thing and it takes you three seconds to make the call on that versus spending an hour but it's
1: a video game it's a video game it feels good to watch that go from two digits
0: to three digits yeah, and then... i got i got rid of uh was i had an unreal tournament sitting on my wife's computer and it was like 24 <laughs> gigs or something like what the hell right done and, and, and instead, in your, in your I,
1: house in your house that could be a sideboard For example, you've seen people who do things like this. They've got a sideboard in their garage. And it's like this giant, I'm thinking like an old school giant thing that previous generations would use to hold the family's china. Maybe it's water damaged, but you love grandma. And like that kind of thing, if you get that thing out of there, it's gonna hurt. But like, this is again, this is straight out of that book. But like, you know, you're not doing that thing any honor by having it sit in a water damaged basement. Like that is just eating up RAM.
0: Or just like doing the the hard work that you know that it will take to rearrange things so you can get the old non-working fridge out of the basement, right. even though it's behind tons of other stuff, because that is high value. Like, that is lots of cubic feet of space. Like, and yes, it's going to be a pain. Yeah, like, totally. Oh, I can't even think about getting that out of there. But if you're going to do one thing, mm-hmm. don't spend an hour going through your baseball cards deciding which ones you can keep, because the entire collection of baseball cards fits in a shoebox. Small potatoes. Right?
1: Small potatoes. Spend,
0: spend the time instead clearing a path to get the fridge out and finding somebody who will take your fridge away and be okay with like, oh, well we might use it and it still technically works and we could plug it in and whatever. Like that's what you have to overcome. Totally agree. Not the sorting through your, your baseball card. So anyway, I upstairs in the attic is still a mess. I, if I didn't have dog this summer, I would be spending more time up there making another pass of things, but instead I'm, I'm doing dog. So,
1: well, as you know, I have tips for these things. Here's two tips that I probably stole from Martha Stewart, but they're both pretty good. One is like, if you've got a bunch of like mementos that you're on the fence about, like let's say you've gone through on the one hand, you got three piles on the one hand, you've got absolute garbage, like damaged goods, bad stuff, bleh, just, you know, something that you'll never need. Obviously throw that away on the other hand. Oh my God, it's uh my wedding ring collection or whatever. Like that's, that's awesome. Like that's a place, put that in the place of honor or that's going to get framed or put in a special box. But then you got the stuff in the middle where you're like, Oh, you know, this knife is dull, but it's I could get it honed or it could be like, oh, this is like a a third copy of a journal I wrote for whatever that is. The old trick is you put that into a box. I know you know this. You put that into a box, you seal it up. You write a date on the box six months from now. You also put that date on your calendar. If you forgot about it and didn't need anything from the maybe box in that six months, boom, bin it. You will never miss it. And I think I know that sounds draconian, but I think that's one way to do this. Now, if you get in there and there's stuff you really needed or it's stuff like you missed after a month and your heart told you that you needed it, that's okay. You're allowed to keep those. But like, if you never opened anything in that box, that's just that's just full of full of broken memories you don't need anymore.
0: See, my move with the, with the knife, by the way, before you get to the next step, my move with things like that is there is a category of things that I, you know, you, you want to come back to and see if you really needed it, like which is, you know, you described with the date thing. But for stuff like the knife where you're like, this is a good knife and it's dull, but I could get it sharpened. Like the activity of doing whatever it is you're doing, this sweep or this, this purge or this cleaning of things. Yeah. That is the point where you do the, you do this thing. You're like, okay, is this, if this is a good knife and it's dull now, make a decision. Now, are you going to add this knife to your active collection of knives? And what I would probably do in that situation is say, you know what? I do want to add a selection of active duty knives. And then I would go down to where the knives that we actually use are And I would say, okay, but then now something's got to leave. So I would take my least favorite two or three knives out of the current use thing, throw them in the garbage directly immediately, put the new dull knife in there and say... Now I'm going to get that knife sharpened because it's in my kitchen and I have fewer knives than I did before. And I threw out more than I did, but I didn't get rid of this knife because the whole reason I've been saving this is because actually this is a really expensive knife and it just happens to be dull. And by putting it in the in the block, I'm going to force myself to actually get the thing sharpened. like do the horse trading in the moment because a lot of the stuff that people are saving, like there's a reason for it. Like this is actually a really expensive knife or this was my grandfather's knife or something. Right, and what right. you never did is you never got yourself to like go to the mall and get it sharpened or to buy a knife sharpener or whatever. And the reason you never did it is because it's sitting in a box. So if you really care about this knife, this is when push comes to shove. Oh, do you really care about it? Which three of your other knives that you don't care about are you going to get rid of so this one goes into there so that you can do it? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the way to feel okay about this, like basically making yourself deal with the stuff that you had previously set aside that you're going to deal with. Now is the time to deal with it. And if you just can't deal with it and can't think about it, then that's where like the date box comes in. It's like, okay, well, when will you ever have to, if you don't have time to think about or deal with it now, when will you? And if the answer is you'll find out when you put a date on the box and come back to it and realize, actually, I'm never going to get to this, then chuck it.
1: There are some people, some extraordinary beings who could actually open that box again after six months. And, you know, the thing is, you might have had the emotional distance at that point to say, like, oh, I'll save a couple of these things and bin the rest. But, like, I think you're better off to just – the other one with clothes, there's an easy don't one. Don't open with, the box,
0: by the way. Don't open it. A, just let it go. But there's yeah. another
1: one with clothes that's really, really easy. I have done this, and it's a mind blower. Like, so, so again, three piles, right? Known good stuff or supposedly good stuff. Like, known giveaway stuff or throwaway stuff. And then, hmm, mm, like – That shirt, I don't look forward to wearing that shirt, but it could look good with a suit, which I wear twice a year. And this, I know you know this. This is a really old one, but all of those clothes, put them on hangers and hang them in the opposite direction from how you currently hang. So if they're in your closet on a hanger and you do the, you know, the the classic sort of like open end pointing toward the wall of the closet, do them the other way. So the, the, you follow me? Like pointing the other way. And if after six months or however long you have any of the clothes that are in your closet that are hung that way, you know, you did not wear those. You did not even touch those for six months. I have touched, I did that about probably three months ago. And it's exactly one shirt from those like 20 shirts that I have worn since then. And I didn't even like it. But like your brain and your emotions and your whatever our dumb irrationality will like fool us into thinking that something is important on a case by case basis but like act like you're living on a boat. Like if you were living on a boat, what would you bring?
0: You don't do the uh, sedimentary layers of clothes where you always reshelve at one end. And so basically the clothes you don't wear, eventually you start pushing to the right and then all you have to do is- No,
1: it ha- that happens. That happens, that happens. Because then you can
0: just look to the right and say, okay, well, after yep. a year, everything that's on the far right edge, mm-hmm. no, that, that goes because I've always been putting them over there. Four, the four seasons clothes... four seasons, and done. Yeah, clothes, the clothes are fraught. Because you got your fat clothes and your skinny clothes. Yep. That's a problem. Because then you're like, okay, well, I love this shirt, but I don't currently fit into it. But I could potentially fit into it next year. Do You know, it goes both ways. Like, so, like, I've lost um, 15,
1: 20 pounds in the last year and a half. And uh, so on the one hand, there were the clothes where I was like, ugh, you know, these these 34s are pretty tight, but I think I'm going to keep them because you never know, ba-doop-ba-doop. Then on the other hand, now that I'm, you know, weighing less and having a concomitantly smaller waist, et cetera, I'll be like, you know, probably ought to hang on to the big boy pants because you never know what might change. Also, I'm just bragging mostly.
0: Yeah, I mean, but this like people learn eventually as you become older, you know, are you the type of person whose weight actually does fluctuate up and down by a lot? Then it's actually worth it to keep three three gradations of fat slash skinny clothes. Because you end up over the course of a decade wearing them. Cause sometimes you're skinny and you wear the skinny clothes. And yeah. sometimes you wear the fat clothes. And mm-hmm. like sometimes you think, oh, I'm never gonna fit into this again. And then five years later you do fit into it again and you're so happy you didn't get rid of it, because it's like your favorite thing and you're excited. It's part of the excitement of losing weight that you get to wear it again. But that means you have to have in flight like multiple sets of clothes to fit the multiple sizes of you, which is which makes <laughs> <laughs> makes purging clothes difficult because now you're not just considering your current wardrobe but your future ones and the thing is unlike those other things like oh i think i actually will use this knife someday i'll leave it up in the attic right the fat clothes and skinny clothes you will you will use them like because you will first of all your pants will be too baggy on you and you'll be like i don't want to have to buy all new clothes good thing i saved all those skinny clothes because i love some of those clothes and like it's part of, you will actually wear them it's one of those times where you say you know now if you if your weight you should graph your weight you know if your weight over the past decade has been a slope steadily going up that never goes down Mm -hmm. then be honest with yourself and say like i'm not getting back into the skinny jeans right that's fine (laughs) you know but if your weight looks more like a seesaw you will have legitimate reason to keep around extra clothes you just have to find a way to minimize them and say okay well i'll keep only my very favorite things and if i desperately if i become super skinny and i desperately need you know uh a button-down shirt and i don't have any i can buy one but my, my weight has been steadily creeping up over my entire life never going down so i sometimes i graph it out and say okay well by the time i'm this age i'll be 900 pounds that's great <laughs> if you follow the trend line <laughs> yeah if you follow the trend line like this doesn't end well Something some doctor said something terrifying me one day. It's like you, you'll gain one pound for every year of your life or something after after like the age of 25. <laughs> you just like you oh, start Jiminy. doing the math. And that. Oh, You're no, like, that's
1: that's not good. May, may I suggest uh, constant anxiety? <sighs> yeah, I don't like
0: that. Anyway, um, yeah. the closest I have is I have uh, winter winter clothes and summer clothes because I'm so cold all the time. In the winter, I wear thermal underwear and then that makes all my clothes fit tighter. So I have looser oh. clothes that go over the thermal underwear.
1: I get it, Um, I get it. Your wife doesn't let you run the heat. She does, but she keeps
0: it colder than I like.